BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah, Silver Screen Breakdown's back in effect, just like we always do it. We got the opening credits to start off the show. My name's Alex, and I'm here with Bogard Scott Free, and we're breaking down cinema greatness. What is up, homie? My friends call me Scott. (laughs) (laughs) If you're Alex on this one, I'm going to be Scott. (laughs) Man, Tarantino's got the dopest intros, and it's always because of the music. I mean... 
across 110 street and it's crazy the movie starts with that song and spoiler alert it ends with that song too that's how dope the song is yeah man i mean uh tarantino is definitely like the music is part of the story more more than anything you know what i mean yeah yeah like and it's just the story helps the the music helps narrate the story you know what i mean Oh, yeah. And so a little bit about this movie. If you guys have never seen Jackie Brown, you need to go watch it. I mean, amongst all the Tarantino movies, it definitely holds the test of time. But when it came out in 1997, I mean, there was a lot of people who were kind of shitting on it. I mean, it was not the critics, but just like all everyone, moviegoers, they, they wanted more Pulp Fiction. And Quentin wanted to do a little hat tip to the, you know, black exploitation movies from the 70s. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? He didn't just do that. He, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, I'm going to do a black exploitation film. He was like, I'm going to adapt this this series of books. It was like a two-part series, like Rum, Run Punch. Run, Run Punch. Punch, yep. And uh, I think there was a prequel book that came out after. But, um, yeah, man, just, I first of all, I, I don't know shit about the book. You know what I mean? But this one hell of a movie, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I love character-driven shit. And um, this is probably the most character-driven piece that we, we got from Tarantino. Because they all are. Every single film he has made, it's all character-driven. But this one is, um, this one takes the cake as far as that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, as you know, I mean, this one's my favorite, even over Pulp Fiction. And it's probably because of the characters you know, just getting to peel peel back the layer of the onion even more than Pulp Fiction, just learning more about these characters. And then you can just talk about, like, the lineup, the cast, the crew. So Pam Greer, I mean, she was in all those black exploitation movies, and she was just a badass. You know, like, there wasn't too many, you know, black women who were in, like, a position of power, you know, on screen back then. And, like, Pam Greer was, like, pretty much the only one. Like, I don't even know if there's anyone now you know, because Charlie's Angels, I mean, they're kind of whack, you know, but I mean, outside of any Tarantino, you know, world where you just have these badass women who are just in positions of power. She was there the whole movie. Yeah. Then you got Sam Jackson, who's just a savage. I mean, the role was written for him. Robert Forster, you know, someone who the big studios, they didn't even want him, you know, to be in movies anymore. He was a little bit long in the tooth and I mean, Quentin, <laughs> when Robert Forrester was like, I don't think the studio is going to let you hire me. And he was like, I hire whoever I want. You know, he's already two movies deep. And, you know, he had a way bigger budget than Pulp Fiction on this one. They had Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, uh, Robert De Niro. Like that one was kind of crazy, you know, because uh, Quentin talks about Martin Scorsese and how he's one of the people he really looks up to and all of his movies and everything he's done. So. To get Robert De Niro, <laughs> like just pretty yeah. freaking awesome. And then Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker even in there for one of the best scenes, you know, in the entire movie. Hey, man, I'm high. I just, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he was full Chris Tucker. He was smoking <laughs> from Friday. And uh, one thing that was cool when, uh, you know, just um, listening to Quentin talk about the movie and they asked him about Chris Tucker, that one of the people they asked him about specifically. He said he was way different than anything he'd ever heard of him because apparently, you know, Chris Tucker is one of the guys who when he's on set, he's got the entourage, you know, they're wilding out a little bit. But when it came to Quentin's movie, he wanted to take it a little bit more serious. 
So he's funny because he's funny, not because like, you know, he's trying to be a comedian. I mean, it's like, like you got to remember there's films like Rush Hour that was already out. He was a mega star. So I don't, I don't even know, know when they filmed this, if, if I, the first Rush Hour dropped yet. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they filmed this before, like, it, it might have been released after, uh, I mean, they might have filmed this before uh, Rush Hour was released. I mean, either way, though, like, on the, as far as the timeline goes. With so the, Rush the, Hour was released one year after, so I'm pretty sure the way that it worked. Yeah. No, no. It's got to be. Oh, you might be right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that was that, that was the first one. So it went from him filming okay. Jackie Brown to filming Rush Hour. And so. you're right. That shit came out when I was what nine and it was ninety-eight. Yep. Damn, you're right. So it might so I mean Jackie Brown did get released in nineteen ninety-seven on Christmas. So you know, might as well be nineteen ninety-eight, you know, at that point. So it's a real, real small gap between those two movies coming out, not even a year, not even a year's time. Yeah. So why don't we just take it all the way back to 1997 when people didn't know what the hell this was and the movie trailer, you know, just hit your hit your TVs. Just check it out. Hey. Here we go. If you had the chance to walk off with a half million dollars, would you take it? Yeah. What do a stewardess, a gunrunner, a bail bondsman, an ex-con, a federal agent, and a beach bunny have in common? You gonna come in on this thing with me. You got to be prepared to go all the way. They're all chasing a half million in cash. Wouldn't be missed. Half a million dollars will always be missed. Let him get the money and then just take it from him. She's trying to play your ass against me, huh? That was fun. Yeah, that'll be There's only one question. Who's playing who? Let's make a deal. Oh, yeah? So what you gonna give us? Are you gonna offer to set them up? Yeah. Is she dead? I, I, I... Yes or no, is she dead? Pretty much. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. When you absolutely positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. <laughs> so in Tarantino fashion, you know that there's going to be some kind of heist. You have no idea what it is, because in every movie there's some kind of heist or something that's being transported, you know, to a boss. And yeah, all you see is this crazy cast of characters. Can't believe that Quentin was able to get all these people on screen at the same time. Especially during that time, right? In hindsight, we could say, hell yeah, it was easy for him. But, like, you got to remember, too, he was the good dope. You know what I mean? He was that yeah. He was that, that new good dope. Everybody wanted to get high off that shit. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, people were seeking him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like people were seeking him out, so like th- it doesn't surprise me that like he has like these big A listers, but then also the ones he went and chose, like Michael Keaton or uh, Buddy you just mentioned that played the FBI motherfucker, mm-hmm. or not the FBI, the, bond, the bail bondsman, yeah, you know I mean? Forrester. like Forrester, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, 
You know what I'm saying? He he sees he sees the roles he envisions people. And he might have a few in mind and and, and he brings them in. You know what I mean? And when when they speak the lines and he sees it that this is my this is my max. You know what I mean? Or this, you know what I mean? Like nobody could tell him different. And a lot of people they end up like it's like you miss a shot on a on a Quentin movie, but if he really likes you, he'll make it up to you. So like Sam Jackson. He misses out on Reservoir Dogs, but then, you know, gets into one of the key roles, you know, in Pulp Fiction. Now, now uh, Pam Greer, she was in a scene that got cut in Pulp Fiction, and she was actually supposed to play the dealer's, like, girl. But Quentin had such a respect for Pam Greer, he was like, I can't, like, he was like, I, I just can't see someone being able to, like, walk all over you like that. It just, it's, it's not, it's not adding up. But, like, on the set... Of Pulp Fiction, he was like, but I got something in the works. I'm, I'm going to send it to you in a little bit. And Pam Greer, you know, just like Hollywood, you know, just everyone's always saying some shit like that. She was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll make sure to hold my breath, you know. And what do you know? She actually sent it to her, sent it to her first. And yeah, you always talk about the time when Pam goes to Quentin's office. Talk about that real quick. Yeah, so like when he brought her in to do a reading, you know, his personal face-to-face and um, you know, she comes in and she's in his office, and there's like a shitload of uh, posters uh, from her movies and posters of her, uh, you know, all over the walls. And she says, "Did you put all these posters up because you knew I was coming here?" And he said, "I wanted to take them down because I knew you were coming here." You know what I mean? Like he was such a fan of her. You know what I mean? And it wasn't it wasn't fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, Pam Greer was thicker than a motherfucker, so you know what I mean. Come on, he yeah. he had it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Sam Jackson. I mean, that's another person who was kind of like in awe of uh, Pam Greer when she was on there. Like <laughs> Quinn said, there's a couple times Sam got all giddy, like my hands are my hands are around Pam Greer's throat right now. <laughs> 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 We'll get to that scene a little bit later, but, uh, but yeah, so, so much backstory on this and Quentin, I mean, the black exploitation movies, I mean, that's what he grew up on. It was his mom who was always dating a brother, you know, and then to get in good with him, they'd take him to the movies and they were going and seeing the Foxy Browns, you know, of the world. I mean, there's so many different movies that I, I shit, I've never seen from back then, but that's what QT grew up on. Yeah. Shout out to Q. And so when the movie starts, I mean, the opening credits that we saw, um, we don't really know what's happening. We just know that it that that it looks like she's at an airport. She's standing on one of those, um, I mean, it's not an escalator, but one of the things that just keeps the crowds moving, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then she just ends up being in a little rush. And the one thing that I noticed is uh, she's on flight 710, you know, so just doing dabs. Nice. <laughs> I love it. And uh, before we actually get into the movie and watch some more scenes, so what we like to do, we call it the silver screen breakdowns because we're breaking down film. You guys already know that we do some fantasy football stuff and other sports things, and we're breaking down a lot of types of film. Now, we're going to be watching a lot of scenes from the movie or parts of scenes. So if you're watching on YouTube, you might not be able to watch these scenes. Just make sure you go check out the podcast because everything will be there. So it's ssbpod.com. And 
If you are looking to get involved in a sponsorship role, we're just, we're starting off, you know, we're, we're grassroots with this podcast. There's a link in the description on the pod and on YouTube where you can become an official sponsor of the podcast. Any donation, $25 or more, you're going to be getting shouted out on, uh, on every month, um, every podcast that's happening within the month that you donate. So we appreciate all the love. Yeah, man. We love y'all. Oh, yeah. Let's get into this. So right after the opening credits, it, it cuts to Robert De Niro and Samuel Jackson. We saw a little bit in the trailer. I got a little part of that scene right now. They're just they're, they're watching Chicks with Guns. That's the that's the movie that they're watching or the VHS tape that they're mov- they're watching. It's called Chicks with Guns. And Ordell is kind of letting you into a little bit of what he actually does. So there's a little clip from the scene. And that there is the Tech Nine, little cheap ass spray gun made out of South Miami. They retail for three eighty. I get them for two, sell them for eight. They advertise this Tech Nine as the most popular gun in American crime. Can you believe that shit? It actually says that in the little booklet that comes with it. The most popular gun in American crime. Like they proud of that shit. Now check out this gun here. Now this here is a Steyr Aug. Steyr Aug's a bad motherfucker. Listen. It's, it's expensive, too, man. Made in Austria. Now, my customers don't know shit about it, so there ain't no demand for it. My baby, I really could use me some more ice. Hold up, hold up, hold up. But let me tell you, though, man, you put this bad boy in a flick, every motherfucker out there won't mind. I'm serious, there's a heart attack. When them Hong Kong flicks came out, Every nigga in the world had to have a 45, and they ain't want one. They want two, because all them niggas want to be the killer. But what them flicks don't tell you and what they don't know is that a 45 got a serious fucking jamming problem. Now, I try to steal my customers taught a 9 millimeter because it's damn near the same weapon. and ain't got half the jamming problems, but you know how them niggas is out there. You can't tell them shit. They want a 45. The killer had a 45. They want a 45. Uh, 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 here we go. AK-47, the very best there is. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. Classic QT dialogue, because you don't know what the hell's going on at this point. This is literally, you know, the first minute and a half, like, uh, from when the movie actually kicks in after the credits. (laughs) <laughs> I like how it just starts off Starts off with the Tech 9 They advertise this as the most popular gun <laughs> In American crime Like they're proud of that shit Right and <laughs> see I love it too Because he's clearly on Some underworld madness Right but to him This is business and he treats it like A legitimate business you know what I mean And it's funny because He's talking to De Niro's character Lewis And um Lewis don't give a fuck about what he's saying. And really, <laughs> really just, just you'll learn a lot about this character that uh, Ordell that Sam Jackson plays. Like when you watch this movie, a lot of it is he just like to hear himself talk because he he got isms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like if you know anybody, I, I mean that they don't, I mean, you find out pretty soon that he's running guns and selling guns, like literally right after this, you know, talking about how he gets things for two, you know, that retail for four, but I sell them on the black market for eight, you know? Yep. So he's talking about all the different prices and stuff. And, uh, and of course, like right at the end, AK 47, when you absolutely positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitute. No substitute. <laughs> yeah, man. Love it. 
And of course, we got Bridget Fonda out there, you know, uh, Sam Jackson's little surfer girl out in Hermosa Beach. Already got, um, she has her feet up on the table. So right after this, you know, uh, baby, I can use some more ice. You see her with her feet propped up there. Quentin loves those feet. So he already got mm-hmm. it in there. Within the first couple minutes of the movie, we got the foot shot. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just love the control that Sam Jackson has on these bitches. It's like, hey, bitch, I sure could use some wine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then uh, she starts walking. Uh, Lewis, too. Lewis, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yep, and then, uh, and then I mean, we don't see it right here, but then the phone rings. Of course, she doesn't want to answer it. She just likes to get high and eat cereal like that and watch TV. That's really her aspirations in life. She lets that be known. Sam Jackson is giving her that cold look. Bitch, don't make me put my foot in your ass. Better go ahead that phone. <laughs> and then picks it up. Hello, it's for you. Doesn't even listen to who it is. Don't, don't clown me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yep, and then uh, so he gets two phone calls while we're there. Uh, the first one uh, from someone who's about to pick up some uh, some other some other pieces, but the second one is from Chris Tucker's character Beaumont, and uh, he's calling from jail. And if you guys ever seen the Cat Williams stand up, this kind of this kind of just portrays of what goes on between Sam Jackson and Chris Tucker over the phone. Here we go. If you go to jail and call your nigga friends, these motherfuckers will interrogate you more than the goddamn police did. They had your ass on the phone. Where the fuck was you at? What the fuck was you doing? Why the fuck you ain't called me? And that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> it's like, Beaumont, what the fuck you doing? You're in jail? What the fuck you doing there for? <laughs> you ain't got no more uh, sense to be drunk driving with a pistol? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Real shit. While he's uh, while he's pouring himself another screwdriver, you see him get the vodka out of the the fridge and pour while he's talking to uh, talking to Beaumont. That was his joint for real, huh? Screwdrivers. Yep the whole the whole time. That's all he was drinking on was some screwdrivers. <laughs> and that's one thing that's kind of cool about like Quentin and uh, well and Sam Jackson because he wanted to have like a backstory, you know, for Ordell. And but for Quentin, like letting you know what Ordell's favorite drink was. You know, because, I mean, white people, we know they like to drink a little bit of everything, you know, but black people are very consistent with what they drink. Like, you know, if you're a Hennessy motherfucker, like you are always drinking yep. Hennessy. Ordell, he's screwdriver, man. He's vodka and OJ all the way. Yeah, I'm a Patron drinking motherfucker myself. Like, if, if it was up to me, but it's not like I'm drinking Patron every time I drink. But if it's my choice, I'm dialing Patroni. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, if it's just something, you know, if it's a cognac sip at night, it'll be Hennessy for me. I try to get it up to the XO. But uh, if I'm just out and about, it's probably just a Long Island because I could drink like one or two of those and just be great. <laughs> I mean, shit, because you drink it by like four or five different liquors in that motherfucker. Tell you yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So immediately after the phone call, then it cuts to the cherry bail bondsman, you know, where we, where we get a little peek in at Robert Forrester's character. He's the bail bondsman, Max Cherry. And uh, one of my favorite little scenes in here is where uh, Sam Jackson notices uh, Debo on the wall in a, with a picture with Robert Forrester. Yeah. Uh, so check out this uh, little clip. There's uh, two clips with Winston, one where they're talking about him and then one kind of at the end of the movie where you just get to see him real quick. But here it is. Who's that big Mandingo-looking nigga you got up there on that picture with you? That's Winston. He works here. 
Damn. He's a big one, ain't he? Y'all tight? Yeah. But you was boss, though, right? Yeah. Bet it was your idea to take that picture, too, wasn't it? Bell Bonds. Yeah, Max there? He ain't here right now, man. Well, where he at? Out of town? He's around, man. Well, give me his home number. No, I give you his beeper number. All right, break off the beeper number, nigga. <laughs> but just those two little short, like, 15-second clips, that's the kind of shit that made this whole movie for me because a lot of people may not understand what Sam Jackson is doing, but he's really trying to make just a corny white dude just feel hella uncomfortable about taking a picture with his black employee. Yeah. Like, I bet you that was your idea, huh? You know what I mean? And for everybody knows, without Sam Jackson saying it, we all know is that he's telling them, yeah, you took that picture so you could be like, I, I know, I love black people. <laughs> with my employee. Like, when I take this picture, if I don't like black people. <laughs> because that was like, I mean, to this day, that's an undertone that people don't want to like address. And I love how Tarantino, being a white individual himself and growing up around black culture. And you know what I mean? Where I want, want to say he has a pass, I would more say he has a right to like, you know, to be able to um, do things that relate to black people because he actually knows, you know what I mean? It's very rare. And uh, for him, you know, when you watch Tarantino flicks, I bet you a lot of things are inside jokes to himself. You know what I mean? Like shit, that's funny to him. You know what I mean? Like that scene. Like I well, would. I mean, you talk about it all the time, where he loves his dialogue so much that it, when someone delivers a line and just nails it, like he'll be laughing there sometimes. Sometimes mm -hmm. the actors yell at Quentin because he's that's laughing so much, up. fucks up the take. <laughs> right. But so the dial good. the dialogue is that good though, because you watch so many of these movies where like you tune out, you know, when people start talking, if there's no action, just cause it's just not good dialogue. Yeah. And like the fact that you can have like that entire scene uh, where he goes into the bail bonds guy uh, office, you know, that's like a 10 minute scene. You know what I mean? And like, that's the movie's pretty much made up of 10 to 15 minute scenes of dialogue. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, this one stands alone as far as like what they, what they would call gratuitous violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th this is not a Tarantino film that you're going to see that gratuitous violence. You know what I mean? That shit is the background. You know what I mean? It's right. more so what you know the antagonist like Sam Jackson is, right? You know what he's capable of. That's what makes it. Not that you have to see it. They do show him. You know, I'm pretty sure we're going to run some clips from the Chris Tucker joint, but you know what I mean? Like, he goes ahead and blesses him to hell because he's taking no shorts. And yep. We're getting to that. We're getting to that scene next. The thing that I like about the whole bail bond scene, just how real it is because he goes in there when – for for those who have never needed a bail bondsman or anything, you know, like uh, the the bail was ten thousand dollars. So when you go to a bail bond, you usually pay ten percent of that, which is a thousand bucks in this case. But you have to have something to put up for collateral. So it's usually people like putting their house up for collateral, you know, or something like that. You know, usually people don't have like cars that like these uh, um, companies will let them throw down. 
So, but him, he had $10,000 cash. Like that was his collateral, you know? And he was like, well, why the hell are you coming here? If you got that, why don't you just go to the court? And it was so specific. He was like, fuck all that noise. He was like, I go to the court. I go give that them that. Then they're going to start talking about all these court costs and shit like that. Might yep. never get my money back. Yep. And really, it's like the scrutiny. That's kind of the loophole is that these bail bonds guys, they live outside of that. You know what I mean? They live outside of that where it's like they can compartmentalize. Like, listen, I don't give a fuck where you got this money from. I'm gonna get you your bond. You know what I mean? Yep. Even though that's probably a dangerous thing to do. Like even playing dumb, like he didn't know Belmont's last name or Beaumont's last name. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he knew he his may, last he name. May, he may have not have known his name. But, 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 well, listen. he didn't even know if he didn't even know if Beaumont was his first name or his last name. He's like, if I had to guess, I'd say that's his Christian name. But see, I feel like that's that's part of the, sh- the the facade. Like, I don't really know him. You know what I mean? Because he finna murk his ass. You know what I mean? It could be. And, like, he's trying to act like he don't really know him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, because you know what? what? I just thought of it right now. I'd never thought of it until this exact moment. But when he goes to his house, which we're going to watch some of that scene right now, I might have cut off the very, very beginning, like, little part. <clears throat> But when he buzzes it, you see his full name, Beaumont Livingston. So we def- yep. he definitely knows his full name. Yep. You know what I mean? He's just trying to play. He's trying to play them for a fool. Even though they ain't no fools, he was already on him. You know what I mean? Like Max is already on him. Like, you know what I mean? He yep. already knows, okay, this guy's involved with whatever this guy has, whatever he's involved in. You know what I mean? I love he that. talks about it. He talks about it later, just like Tarantino. We'll keep it non-linear. If we go all the way, like to the end, um, uh, when Sam Jackson's talking to uh, Robert De Niro, he's like, "You know, these bail bondsmen are crooked as bail the snakes, don't you?" Yep. <laughs> so he don't trust a motherfucking bail bondsman, not at all. And so, as soon as he gets out of there, places the bond and everything, uh, the next scene is it cutting right to Sam Jackson going to meet Chris Tucker at his apartment. Uh, so let's cut into that. We got this broken down in four parts because it's a long scene, but it's fucking dope. And we got to talk about multiple parts of this. So here we go. Here's part one. Yeah. Oh, D. <laughs> Look at you and your free ass. What's up, man? Hey, Come no, here, boy. Give me a motherfucking hug. I know you were coming by. <laughs> yeah. My nigga. <laughs> Looking out, man. I don't know what to say, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh-huh. Who was there for your ass, You huh? was there for you. Who? Who? You, Who? nigga, you. You got damn right. See? That's how that shit works. You get your ass in trouble, I get your ass out. That's my motherfucking job. And I don't mind telling you, nigga, it's steady work. <laughs> hey, look here, man. I'm still scared to the motherfucker OD. They talking like they serious as hell. Give me time for that machine gun shit. Oh, come on, man. They just trying to put a fright in your ass. If that's what they doing, they done did it. How old is that machine gun shit, huh? About three years. Three years? Come on, man. That's an old crime, man. They ain't got room in the joint for all these niggas out here killing people now. How they gonna find room for you? And the thing that's crazy, I mean, we already know that uh, go, if we go back a scene, he knows that Chris Tucker is looking at 10 years right now. But playing it cool is a motherfucker. Man, how they going to find room for you? They ain't got room in, uh, in the joint for all these motherfuckers killing people now. Right? And, like, 
You know what I love? I love the gasp of air that Tucker takes there. He goes, I don't know, man, like three years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah. but he's trying to front because he's already snitching. You know what I mean? He's already snitching. Like, and here's the guy that he didn't, he's the last person he wanted to see because he's trying to give up everybody already minus this guy because this guy is the guy who he knew who would bail him out. You know what I mean? Yep, the only one that would bail him out. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it real, real soon. But yeah, Chris Tucker. I mean, he's already flapping his gums, even though he didn't really need to. And uh, you know, that's why Sam Jackson wanted to go pay him a visit. And <laughs> who was there for your ass? Who? 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 <laughs> you damn right. What do you say? You get in trouble, I get your ass out, and I don't have a problem telling you. It's steady work. That's my motherfucking yeah. job. <laughs> and uh, bonus points for anyone who can catch the parts that's actually cut out because it's an eight-minute scene, and we probably cut out like two minutes of it here. But let's get into uh, let's get into part two. And uh, if you see the part that was cut out, just leave it in the comments. Come on in, man. No, no, Come no, on, no, man. Let's uh, celebrate. Uh, 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 look here. I'm really supposed to be somewhere. Matter of fact, I was kind of hoping you could run with me. What you mean? <laughs> you know, man. I hate to be the kind of nigga to do a nigga a favor and then bam, hit the nigga up for a favor in return, but I got to be that kind of nigga. What? Wait, wait, what you want? I need a favor, nigga. That requires me to go out tonight? Just a bit. Oh, you know what? I'm planning on going no place tonight, man. It's late as hell, man. I'm home. I'm high, man. Come on. Uh, uh-huh. And why are you home, huh? You home because I spent $10,000 to get your ass home. Look, I, I got a little problem, all right? I need some help. You can help me out. Now, come on. Go on in the house. Throw some shit on. Come on. Let's walk out to the car with you. Come on. I love and, it. and Chris Tucker the whole time, you see him like, what? Yeah, I, tonight? <laughs> and you know what's funny about that whole scene, too? It's like it's in, it's in sections, right? Like, okay, I'm going to pull up on this motherfucker. I'm gonna knock on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buzz him. I'm gonna get buzzed in, and I'm gonna. That, that's phase one. Phase two is get him to the car. Phase three. I'm pretty sure we'll get into that next scene. But you know what I mean? Like it's all meticulously plotted out for Sam Jackson to get this motherfucker with to go with him. You know what I mean? Because he talked him into so literally right after that he goes in the house. He gets close. He gets closed and then. They do a little walk and talk scene. Uh, that part's actually cut out. Um, but I got the the next part here where the classic Quentin Tarantino trunk, um, you know, shot or outside of the trunk, you know, view where. So he talked him into coming outside. Like, that's the hard part because dude just got out of jail. He's already snitching, you know, a whole bunch of shit's going on. But, you know, he does not want to go anywhere right now because Odell is uh, whatever he's doing, it's something with guns. You already know that, that, and that's all we know. But here we go. Let, let's cut to part three real quick, where uh, Odell's got to kind of talk him into uh, uh, going with him now, even though he doesn't want to go. Now, look, all you got to do is lay in here and hold on to this motherfucker, all right? I'm going to tell him I'm going in the trunk to show him the goods. When I open the trunk, you pop up and rack this motherfucker. Man, fuck that shit. I ain't finna shoot nobody. I ain't saying nothing about you shooting nobody. All you gotta do is hold on to it. They'll get the idea. Man, you must be out of your fucking mind if you think I'm finna get in this dirty-ass trunk. We ain't going nowhere but to Koreatown, man. You ain't gonna be in here no more than 10 minutes. 
Man, I ain't riding in no goddamn trunk for no minute, man. Why well, can't ride up front with you? You can't ride up front with me. The surprise element is 90% of it. I'm sorry, man, but I ain't getting no goddamn trunk. I can't believe you do me like this. Do you like what, man? I just ain't climbing in no goddamn dirty-ass trunk, man. I got a problem with small places. No. Well, I got a problem with spending $10,000 on ungrateful peanut-head niggas to get them out of jail, but I did it. And how small was that jail cell, motherfucker? Look, man, I know I owe you. You got to bring all if this If you up. owe me, then get your ass in this trunk. Man, I want to help you, but I won't be locked in no goddamn trunk or no car. You think I want to spend $10,000 on your ass, huh? Man, I know you Do you, you think I wanted to out. spend $10,000 on your ass? Of course you yes did, no? man, but you nigga get in the but trunk. But that's the only way I could help you, right? So that's what I did. Now, look, man. All I'm asking you to do is get in the trunk, hold this fucking shotgun, and point it at these booty heads when I open it. You catch a right? nigga off guard with this shit. Look here, look here, look here. I tell you what. When we get through fucking with these Koreans, me and you go to Roscoe Chicken and Waffle on me. Think about it now. That skull special, smothered in gravy and onions, side of red beans and rice and greens. <laughs> That's some good eating. Man. Exactly how long I gotta be in this motherfucker. And hey, you said 10 minutes. All right, let's start at the beginning first, because there's a lot that goes on here. <laughs> you, all you got to do is grab this gun, just sit right here. Uh, as soon as I open the trunk, rock this motherfucker. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> He's like, I ain't getting in no trunk. <laughs> the, the part that always makes me laugh is like, it's a crazy-ass request. You know, like, get in the trunk of the car, hold this gun. You know, but to Odell, it's just a normal request. He's like, I can't believe you do me like this, man. <laughs> right? I mean... It, it, it goes back to when he's at, uh, uh, at the front door with him, when he's like, you know, this is what I do. You know what I mean? I take care of you. You know what I mean? Hey, man, steady work. He's like emphasizing the shit that he went out of his way. And he's like, hey, man, I don't want to be that motherfucker to ask you for a favor. But everybody might ask for a favor. You know what I'm saying? But I might be, I got to be that motherfucker. And <laughs> then, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it happens all in stages. Now they're outside the, the trunk. And he's like, He's literally Master Windu, Master Mace Windu, if you think about it. Because what is Mace Windu? He's a Jedi. He's a motherfucking, he's a motherfucking, he has the force. And I swear he's using the force on him right there. Because he goes from, you know what I mean? Hey, I need you to do me a favor. And then he's like, hey, hop in this fucking trunk. Hey, hey, hey hold this. You're going to hold this. You know, what was this? It's a shotgun, by the way. It's the same shit that you you that you're uh, that you're about to get charged with. You know what I mean? Like coercing him is the funniest shit to me because he's t literally telling him to do some shit that he just got popped for. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's funny. The only the only line that was improv because when Chris Tucker's like, "Man, he has a brother off guard with this." Quentin Tarantino loves that line so much <laughs> that got thrown in there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, and then, first of all, hold on. He still can't convince him. And then he pulls out all the big guns, pun intended. He says, I'll take you to Roscoe's after this, bro. <laughs> and for and those of you I, who haven't been to Roscoe's, when I tell you, like, it might be worth dying for, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, listen, Roscoe's give me money. <laughs> that motherfucker is delicious. And they knew the Lovely. exact order. 
Yep, the scos number two, smothered in gravy, dark meat, like whoo, some good eating. <laughs> exactly how long I gotta be in this trunk. Like that, that was the one. Because you right. already know whatever he ate coming home, it probably was some bullshit. You know, he knows he's probably about to be going back to jail pretty soon or ending up dead doing some shit. Um, you know. So he said right and Roscoe's, to my understanding, it's an all-night joint. And, and well, at least that one during that time, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was like Denny's. Yeah, just the one, the one that, the one that's still in the hood. Yeah, on West on West Pico, that was the one up hella late. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, he's like, and you know what? That sealed the deal for him. He's like, you know what? I'm getting the shit. How long is this gonna take? <laughs> <laughs> how, how many minutes I gotta be in this motherfucker? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as he gets in there, he knew he fucked up. Hit him in the head, your ponytail wear a motherfucker. What's wrong with you? That was it. And and then, you, you know, I mean, obviously Sam Jackson's no fool in this movie. You know, what I mean, shout, shout out to Ordell. And he wasn't no fool. You know, that shotgun didn't have no ammunition in it. 100 percent You know what I mean? Of course it didn't. Now let's watch part four, the last part of this scene. And not as much dialogue, actually, really no dialogue in this part of it, just the music playing in the background, but probably the most iconic part of this scene. Here we go. Man, you, you really just, just just straight gangster, man. You see it right there. Everything before that was all fun and games, but just this last clip, that past two minutes, 
Like when he throws on the rider gloves, he's got the music playing, you know, like it's the most diabolical this look when he looks over one. his shoulder. He threw on the murder ones. Yep. Right? He threw on the murder ones. He's ready to rock. Threw the tape in the joint. You know what I'm saying? Slapping that good Brothers Johnson. Fucking love that song, Strawberry Hill, if I remember correctly. Fucking That's love that. that. Bing, 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 bing. So gangster. You know what I mean? And he right now, and I love that he pulls up into the hood. Obviously, a place where you, pro- you know what I mean? Ain't nobody, ain't, man, you can be loud. You can be louder than a motherfucker. Ain't nobody going to say shit around there. You know yeah. what I mean? And when he pulls up and he's slapping, he's still slapping out. He turns it up before he drives off. <laughs> right? And like, and what's funny to me, I'm not funny to me, what I love about the, how meticulous uh, Tarantino is with the editing is, you know what I'm saying? When he cuts the music off and he gets out the car and he goes to the trunk and all before when he's walking to the trunk, all you hear is like the crickets, and all that you hear, you just hear the, the night ambience, right? Ambiance, whatever you want, tomato, tomato, right? Then as soon as he blasts them, bah, bah, then the dogs start barking. You know what I mean? And then he hops back in the car, he turns that bitch up, and he rides out. You know what I mean? I fucking love that. I love the little, the little, you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's all post-production. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's all post production. That's something you add in later. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, um, what's really dope about that scene is that's where you know that he's just not a fast talking, slick talking motherfucker. He's a bad motherfucker, bro. You know what I mean? Especially because Bridget Fonda. You know, like I think the white girl doesn't see all sides of him. You know, like he he may slap her yeah, around a little bit. Yeah. Remember- even in that scene, to begin with, that you, yeah. that, you know, uh, the opening uh, where you, they're watching the the chicks with guns joint, right? Yeah, is that she's like, man, all right, he's a dumbass. Like she's like, he he doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. He's just trying to she's trying to shit on him. Yeah, no, like he's just saying stuff. he's just repeating shit that he overheard. He yeah. doesn't know any more about guns than I do, you know. So like, really downplaying them. So yeah, and, and, and yeah, you have no idea because up until this point. I mean, everything's really just fun loving. I mean, he's laughing, talking about the guns. We know it's business, but we don't know how deep in he really is. Right? And they haven't even introduced Jackie yet, which is dope. I mean, like, you know, technically. Right. Yeah, all we saw was her in the opening credits. And all this has happened within, like, the first 20 minutes, like, of the movie. Because, yeah, there's some some parts, you know, that are real easy to skip over. But the first, like, 20, you know, 25 minutes. I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's straight cuts to uh, cuts to Lewis. He's hanging out with Simone. You know, she's getting her little dance on doing this. Yeah, doing a little show. Yep. And then uh, calls him up uh, over there and he was like, hey, Lewis, I got some for your eyes only type shit. You know, come on outside. Opens the trunk. You know, not the same view. Like this time it's like, you know, it's almost as if someone's watching them from the side of the car or something, you know, talk about this. And uh, shows them Beaumont. And uh, really, because Lewis, who knows how long Lewis has actually been out and how much they actually worked together before being in prison. So apparently, apparently they're locked together before. Right. Right. But they might not have known each other from the streets. They don't really make that clear. No. I mean, who knows, right? But 
it was clearly someone that he reached out to when he got out because right. he had nobody. And um, I think it's quite endearing uh, the character of Robert De Niro's character, the character of Lewis, because he sees everything through a lens of a world that's changed since he's been out, since he's been in. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So here's his here's his uh, concierge, essentially, to the new world. Like, hey, man, this is how it is, bro. Hey, look at this. See this? And, and then you know, Robert Nair looks at it. Oh, what did he say? When he looked in the trunk? Uh, I mean, really, he's like, uh, who's that? Yeah, he's like, who's that? Right? An and employee. Goes, I had to let go. <laughs> and you know why? It's because he's trying to show De Niro, like, look, bro, you got out, you called me. So, I mean, mind you, we, this is my assumption, right? It's pretty, it's a safe assumption, right? And he's like, listen. This is what happens when motherfuckers that work for me. This is what happens to these motherfuckers that they fuck me over. You know what I mean? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I got you in this house. Are you enjoying the show? And he's like, oh, you want to? You should come inside. I already saw that show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's the first time you find out how, like what's happening, like with with the Mexico, you know, connection. Because when you see uh, Jackie, you know, running up there, you just see she's going to to Mexico, going to Cabo. You know, and then uh, has a little Cabo air thing, and then um, says that he's got a half million down in Mexico, and that's really what that's really what it is. He needs to get that half mil, and then needs to get up to a million. Then he's gonna spend the rest of his life spending. I love that because it's like it's circa. Actually, Carlito's way came after, huh? Because remember Carlito's way, all he needed to have make was like what is like seventy thousand or is that? I think it was before. I, I think the original one was before that. Yeah, okay. ninety three was when Carlito's way. Okay, came yeah, out. remember he's I just need seventy five thousand. Yep. It's all he might. You know what I mean? Like dot com was making everyone get bigger dreams. You know, back in the nineties. So yeah, like guys may have needed a hundred thousand, and that was enough to last the rest of their lifetime, and then. Now it's yeah, up to a million. Or at least for them, in the, in the criminal's mind, like, this is all I need so I can motherfucking be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, under the radar, I'm, 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 I'm dipping out. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, because according know? to Quentin Tarantino, uh, he was the type of guy, uh, Odell, who he gets that million, then he's going to go to, like, Panama or, you know, like, Puerto Rico or, like, yeah. something like that and, you know, live off of that million somewhere. Uh, that million could last a, a lifetime. Yeah, the main Philippines even. Yeah, and so then, right after this, then we do get back really introduced to Jackie. Um, it, it's the airport parking lot, and she's walking through the parking lot, and it's Michael Keaton. And then I forget his name in Jackie Brown, but the other guy, the guy with the LAPD, that's Buck from Kill Bill. You know, it's Buck, and yeah. I'm here to fuck. <laughs> wow, that's him. <laughs> Fucking Buck. <laughs> what a dirty what a dirty bot though huh? oh yeah motherfucker so that that that's just i i always remember him for that but so yeah hey, uh, hey she was a fucking cum she was a cum dumpster bro that's fucked up <laughs> yeah uh, you gotta do the kill bills too but yeah oh continue. yeah oh continue. yeah classic yeah. and so um yeah they they so they stop jackie and uh they ask her what's in the bag and uh she 
you know, can we search the bag? And she was like, hell no. And he was like, okay, well, we have the right to get a warrant. You know, I can make him sit with you and, you know, I go get this warrant, but I don't want to go through that trouble. So I take a little peek in the bag, opens the bag and then finds the money right away inside the big manila envelope, knew exactly how much it was, the 50,000. And so you got to start putting all the pieces together right there. How they know exactly how she was going to be there, the exact amount you know, and all that. And then when they take her back to the police station, then they bring up Beaumont Livingston, you know. Mm-hmm. And which, which, you know, which is a callback to what I was saying earlier. Like he, he was, you know, Chris Tucker, he's so afraid uh Beaumont's, he's so afraid of Ordell that he'll give up anybody else but them. Also yeah. because it's like loyalty to a fault, right? Yeah. He knows this motherfucker is going to be able to take care of him. So give everybody else up. But, you know, that's what a rat is about, right? A rat is about self-preservation. So it's like, okay, uh, let's give him Jackie Brown. Because obviously Ordell likes to talk. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. So he he told he, he told everybody this shit. You know what I mean? And then in like bitch, man, she works for Cabo Air, you know what I mean? She's real thick too, you know what I'm saying? Good bitch, you know what I mean? Has has a rap sheet, blah blah, blah. you know what I mean? I can already hear him. Yeah, brings in all my money for me. Yeah, it's crazy because like we know nothing about Jackie, but like in the span of like two or three minutes while they're interrogating her, you get her, you get her entire backstory. You find out she's been working in the airline industry for 19 years. And uh, she makes 16,000 plus benefits. And I did the math. So if she's working uh, full time, uh, about $8.25 an hour, you know, in 1997. I love that she did the math. (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not a lot. And we find out it's because she got arrested, her and her husband. They were running something. Uh, I, I think they said they were running drugs. And uh, the guy asked her about that, the guy at the LAPD, and she was like, oh, well, the pilot was my husband, and I got off. And he was like, no, you mean <laughs> you mean you uh, gave him up and you did p- probation or something? Mm-hmm. Or you cut a deal and you did probation. And then yeah. he's talking shit about what she's doing. You work for the shittiest little Cabo airline, you know, and she's just sitting there with a straight face, you know, and um, pretty much just airing it all down while he's looking through her bag. And then... Um, she thinks that that's everything that's in there. That is just the 50 grand and that's it. She's like, here, search all my shit, search it. And then they find, I don't know, it looks like an ounce or two of blow in there. And then he's like, what's this? And she's like, what's this shit? And then it just cuts to LA County, her going in there in the blues. Oh, it's so fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up because you believe her too. Cause it is true. She didn't know about the blow. She was very aware of the money. She's doing her job. She's, She's doing her side job yeah. simultaneous with her regular, her, her legit gig, right? She's, She's only some- making eight twenty five an hour. She needs some extra money to fucking go on top of that, right? <laughs> but like that blow in there, though. See, and that's that's one thing I want to ask you. So, what do you think of that? Like, because we don't really know too much about Walker, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they bring it up later. Um, when uh, when Ordell goes to meet Jackie at her apartment, and uh, like 
Ordell doesn't even know about it either. Like Jackie's response, like when he pulls it out, he's like, what's this? She's like, what the fuck is that shit? Like she didn't know that that was there. And then like randomly Odell's like, oh, maybe that was something that Mr. Walker was sending Melanie. My bad, baby. But like, just for like, literally it. That's all you hear about that. And that's it. And to Odell, it was like, oh, my, my bad, you know, but still. That's funny. Uh, I I just wanted some more insight on that. I like I, I like I like the insight you gave me because you know what I'm saying you could like okay when you think of the character Melody, she has the beach house. What does she do? Like how does she have this house? Probably held up in the house because this motherfucker Walker has her up in there. You know what I mean? No, so I mean what I think is all of these houses are Odell's and he just has, you know. I, okay, I agree with that. But like when he's like, Oh, it's probably for Melody, because Melody's a bitch that likes to get high. You know what yeah. I mean? But my point is, how does she have this house? Is Ordell paying for it? Oh, Maybe. well, you know what? Maybe. Oh, he's just um, you know doing some shit that, you know, when she was talking shit. Oh, he's just talking some shit that he overheard. So maybe she met Mr. Walker and he was one of the ones putting him yeah. out on game. And then he's like, hey, 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 I got this bitch for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> could have been. It could have yeah. been. Yeah. And so. Jackie straight to the LA County. And the thing about like the LA County is like when they put her in, like it's a huge ass room that they put her in. And maybe there's like 10 people that go in there too. Like literally that entire room is going to be filled with people within like an hour. And like, it's always filled with people. Like there's always like 50 people in there or some shit until they get moved to the next place. And so they made it look kind of nice, you know, in there that there wasn't that many people. And then the next scene is her going to court. And uh, it's funny. So the main, um, the judge, Sid Haig, I haven't seen a bunch of black exploitation movies from back in the day, but him and Jackie did five movies together back in the day. So I know him and you guys probably all know him from, um, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's go. Rejects. You know yep. he's the clown. You know, but back then he was a, he was in all those movies. And so Quentin didn't tell Jackie that Sid was going to be in the movie as the judge. And so Jackie's like in her blues or whatever. You know, like getting ready. Then the judge comes out, and Quentin said when she saw him, she just started cracking the fuck up and like couldn't stop laughing. And uh, I mean, they've been friends for I mean, shit. At that point, over thirty years. Right. Well, well, how old was Pam Greer doing this movie? In her, was she really in her forties, like the character was? I believe so. Let's go. Uh, let's go see. That's how old. I mean, she, so she's seventy-two right now. So thirty. So twenty-five years ago, right? Something. She was forty-something, like uh, mid-forties. Seventy-two minus twenty-five, forty-seven. Yeah, because I don't know which I don't know what scene you're about to show us, but when they're riding in the car, you know, uh, the way that when she's riding with the bondsman. So right before that, so we'll we'll get to that in a second, um, because I got the uh, the scene where she's walking okay. where she's walking out of jail. So she's standing there mute. There's no lawyer or anything, and then Odell he goes back to Max Cherry, gets the bail bonds, you know, gets the bond for her. Yeah, that's right. And already Max is trying to do his ex-policeman shit. Asking questions. Yeah. Well, no, it's really Ordell who wants to, like, divulge information. And you know what's funny, too, is, like, 
he says it to him too. Like, oh, well, you want everyone to know, right? Remember, he yeah. says, that You want true. everyone, you want me to know how much of a slick guy you are. Yeah, because there's something about like being narcissistic. You're only narcissistic because you want everyone to know. It's not like that's a different type of egotistical maniac, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's the motherfucker that he wants you to know. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I feel like o- Odell, he'd be like, he's like a perfect guy for like the 80s. You know, when people could be a little bit more flashy and no one was caring. But it seems like a lot of people are yeah, trying he, to be a little bit more discreet when it was getting in the late 90s and early 2000s yeah. because uh, police things were just getting crazier all over the place. Yeah, you had to be squared up looking. You had yeah. to look like square so you could walk around and not be profiled in the motherfucker. You know what I yep. mean? Even though rocking a Kango hat, yeah, I mean... You're not a golfer, so I mean, there's only two types of people that wear those hats, like golfers. And and not, <laughs> clearly not from Australia. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, classic scene right here when Jackie Brown um, gets out of jail when Max Cherry goes to pick her up. So, we don't see when Cherry goes to pick up Beaumont. You know, they cut that whole part out. But Jackie... This whole movie's about her. So now we get a lot more backstory into it. We're going to talk about those scenes. I don't have those scenes, but yeah, let's get a load of uh, Jackie coming out of jail. Man, the soundtrack goes hard. And uh, another just classic song, you know, that Quentin puts in there. And oh, yeah, so- I'm not singing in the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you cut that. Yeah, make sure you cut that clip for social media. That'll be a good right. one. <laughs> but it's dope because when Quentin talks about making movies, he talks about how when he gets to the post-production, he's listening to all his old albums. You know, all the old joints, and he's trying to find the perfect songs for these scenes to give it, you know, the personality that he needs. And um, it's funny because, like, when you hear a lot of people talk about this scene, they're like, oh, Max Cherry's, like, you know, falling in love with her, you know. But, I mean, that's just corny. Like, that, that shit's not real life. Like, really, he's just seeing, like, a badass you know, Pam Greer, like and walking yeah, out of jail. In a long time, too. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. She's like a 56 year old character, right? That's his age in the movie. Yep. Right? He looking at this bitch, she coming down, and she's batting on the motherfucker. He's like, damn, a sweet black pussy. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I looked at when, but also, you know what's so dope about him as an actor in this movie? He, he, he always has that look. Like, that he has that same look, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, the entire time. 
the entire time. So it's like, really, what is he thinking? You could it's it's open for interpretation, and that's what makes that scene so great. You know what I mean? And because it's like a guy like Max Cherry, I mean, I'm assuming the most that he does is work with people like this, you know, or you know, a, yeah, or clients, you know, like or whatever. Non-white people. Exactly. Other than that, I mean, just like Ordell making fun of him in the beginning because just back then white people hung out with white people, you know, especially like in areas yeah. like in LA where it's like, you know, you either live in South Central or you don't. Yeah. It's it's straight up you're in the valley or you're in South Central. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, so then we just get even more of, you know, Jackie kind of just unraveling everything, you know, like this, this something was up. They were waiting for my ass, you know, and then. Can I ask you one last question? Let's hear it. Was it was it red apples? I don't think it was red apples. There, was, I don't think. There was, uh, no, I mean, unless when, because so when she goes in, when they go into the bar, and well, it's funny. Right before that, uh, Max, he was like, "Hey, how do you uh, you want to go to this? Uh, what's he say? The what's the, 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 the river bottom? Yeah, I want to go to the river bottom. Yeah, she's like, oh, never never heard of it. He's like, well, it's a cop bar. No. <laughs> like, I don't want to go there, motherfucker. Like, why the fuck I want to go to a cop bar? That's exactly what she's thinking. <laughs> but you know what's so funny about that is because you could tell. First of all, the character in the book, uh, uh, the character of Max. They told a little bit more backstory. He had a wife, you know what I mean? And he he kind of mentions it later, but it, it kind of seemed like a um it seemed like a work. You know, you know what I mean? When he was like, Oh, my wife left thing. I mean, obviously it was part of the work, right? I mean, I'm, I'm probably skipping ahead, but like it's the only time he ever references a wife, whether it was a, a work or not. But in the character for the book, he had a wife and she wouldn't give him no pussy, you know what I mean? He's just a workaholic and like, you know what I'm saying? So like, this is his chance. Like he has this bad bitch in his car. And he just bailed her out. He's hella trying to do like the, the fucking Nightingale syndrome. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. the white knight shit. Like, hey, yep. I, just, I just saved her. Maybe I get her, get her liquored up. I, I might be able to lamb the sweet blacklist. You know what I mean? You know, it's funny at the beginning of this episode, you said you didn't know shit about this uh about this book but uh hey mushrooms give me money hey listen i mean okay i don't i don't know shit about the book per se but it's all from like just going down the rabbit hole of listening to tarantino talk about yeah. the book. You know that's all I mean? we need to know it's all coming yeah, from his his, 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 ver- his version's better anyways <laughs> and yes mushrooms give me money <laughs> i'm there i'm over here trying to put my feet up <laughs> i'm fucking there you're talking and i'm just listening to the sweet sultry sounds of wrestler when i close my eyes behind his glasses <laughs> colors <laughs> <laughs> So then they actually go to the bar and it's just a bunch of dialogue, you know, like, I mean, there's nothing even really important about what they're talking about. It's just, it's just some good dialogue, them talking. And uh, one thing right before they get out of the car though, um, she opens up the, uh, she opens up the glove box and notices, you know, a strap there. you don't see her take it, but we find out very shortly that she does. And, yeah. taking it. and so I right just after- suck this dick, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. How the fuck do you get? I mean, like the he he had to have let her then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how the fuck? 
You know what I mean? He just, he just didn't even know. So they talk about that later. We'll, we'll talk about sure. what, he, what he says after. But, I mean, she just put it in her purse, like, really quick. He's driving, you know? And um, then it cuts right back to um, right after she gets dropped off. After the well, bar. They go to the hood bar, too, though. They go to the hood bar, yeah. The one by – the joint by her place. Because he wants to take her to that the river bottom, the cop bar, and she's like, fuck that. He brings up – Oh, it's kind of a sports bar, you know, another one. She's like, shit doesn't sound dark. He's like, why does it have to be dark? And she was like, because I just got out of jail. That, I just looked like bitch. I just got out of jail. She's a fly bitch. I don't want to be, you know what I'm saying? Everything's a day bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, I'm not finna go to this bar, and I got this jail all in my hair, and fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Hell yeah. And so he, after the bar, like I said, a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of dialogue nothing really important you know to the story necessarily then he drops her back off at home and who's waiting for her odell and he's bumping some johnny cash this time he's uh he, he brings out his gloves he's got his pistol starts walking up to the house you know right after her uh um pretty much invites himself in you know and um they got some booze screwdriver. yeah i got some vodka Got some OJ? <laughs> Hook a brother up with a screwdriver. It's a little bit of Luigi-isms here. So we can, man, my mind even not even cut this out for the podcast version, right? But check this out. Luigi, I'm Luigi the motherfucker right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm really taking it in. You know, and I'm really digging. I love the analogy. I'm such an idiot. Like, seriously, like an idiot savant even, right? <laughs> such an idiot. That like that analogy that you hit us with never occurred to me until you hit me with it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. We're like, well, you know, we're fantasy analysts. We we break down film. Ah, I'm like, oh my fucking god! Breakdowns, <laughs> and we love breaking down. I mean. It's like a watch party without doing a watch party. So everyone on the podcast, you get you get everything in full effect. Everyone on YouTube, just make sure you go to ssbpod.com. Go start downloading all the joints so you can he- at least hear all the scenes that we're watching and, and breaking down. YouTube. Oh, right. It's going to get to a point where they'll pay us to, to patch us in on a stream yard or a Zoom or whatever it may be. And we'll watch those movies with them. You can pay oh, yeah. you pay me and Hustler, and we will watch those movies with you. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> and we'll break it down just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And so, uh, so they're now he he's got the screwdriver, and Ordell he is like. He doesn't know that the blow was put there by. At least he doesn't put two and two together yet. Because uh, he was like, you gonna thank me? And she was like, for what? And, and uh, he was like, well, how do you think you got out of jail? Or who do you think got you out of jail? And she was like, same motherfucker who got me into jail. Mm. And he was like, you got caught with blow, girl. That's your problem. <laughs> and so she didn't know that she had it. But that was really the whole thing right there. Then he you brings up, she brings up Beaumont. And he was like, oh, I knew it. I knew that motherfucker was talking, you know. And then... We got we got two parts from this scene that we're going to be breaking down, but uh, here's where here's where it gets really really real. Here we go. You should be asking why they picked me up. They were waiting for me. They knew about the money. They knew the exact amount. 
They um tell you how they happen to come by this information. Hmm. Beaumont Livingston. I knew it. I knew it. They even asked me if I knew Mr. Walker. Yeah. I didn't tell him anything about. It. My name come up. You ain't say nothing about me. Mm -mm. Oh, that's mighty noble of you. They tell you what happened to this Beaumont fellow? Yeah, they told me. Yeah. Somebody must have been real mad at old Beaumont. Else they're pretty scared about what he might say to keep from doing some time. They asked you a whole shitload of questions. And you ain't giving no kind of answer. All right, so I broke it down. I broke it down um, just perfectly for that because you get two sides, you know, to this scene. And so starts talking about Beaumont, just like we said. You get the little split screen. I, I know that that was something they used to do back in the 70s a lot was the little you split screen. from um... He got that from Brian Delipo De, De or De, Delipo or I forget his name is the dude that did Scarface and 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 and, and uh, other film Carrie other films like that right where like the split screen was super this and, you know this isn't post production this isn't this isn't post production when you do split screen like that you know you're using a lens that uses so this is him taking from one of his heroes you know what i mean that's why i love that scene you know what i mean since uh cinematic, cinematically is that the word we're going we're wrong with it yep <laughs> yeah cinematic greatness is what we are breaking down here yeah and so this is the second time in the apartment that odell turned the lights down so when he came in first and jackie's getting them you know the uh the drink he turns the lights off when she goes to get the drink nothing there's nothing no mention of it she just walks out, gives him the drink, and then turns the light back on. He starts getting crazy, you know, and getting more methodical, turns the light off again. You know, then he's ready to smoke her ass. Ready to smoke her. And right at this moment, Jackie, Jackie looks super vulnerable right now because all you know is that Odell is a cold-blooded killer. He's already killed one person in this movie, already bragged about killing that one person to another person. Just let him know how hard he is. And yep. then now here's here's poor old Jackie. You know, at least that's what we think right now. But oh boy, does she flip the script and get and before you before you play the scene? I do want to point out that how ruthless he is, where he got the confirmation that that Beaumont was was a rat. Yep, because he was just willing to kill him to prevent it. Right. He and didn't know. Like, oh, he didn't know one hundred. Like, it made him feel better. Yeah, because oh, he didn't know one hundred percent. If he didn't know one hundred percent, if Beaumont actually said anything, but that yep. was the validation. Knowing, yep, I did the right thing. Yeah, and I'm about to do the right thing right now too. Exactly. But here we go, Foxy Brown turning the tables. You scared of me? You got any reason to be nervous around me? Is that what I think it is? What do you think it is? I think it's a gun pressed up against my dick. Well, you thought right. Now take your hands from around my throat, nigga. 
the hell's wrong with you, Jackie? Shut the fuck up and don't you move. Oh, what is this? What the fuck is hey, this, hey, huh? Hey, 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 now that ain't got nothing to do with you. I carry that all the time. You been talking to them police too much. Oh, the police didn't try and strangle my ass. Oh, come on, girl. You know I was just playing with oh, you. Oh, I ain't playing with you. I'm going to unload both of these motherfuckers if you don't do what I tell you to do. You understand what I'm saying? Jackie, stop acting crazy. Do you understand what the fuck I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, woman, damn. Now sit your ass down on that sofa. Police start fucking with your mind, start pitting black against black. That's how they do. You know, been doing it since the beginning. Shut your raggedy ass up and sit the fuck down. And put your hands behind your head. Come on, it's getting silly now. Oh, silly? You want to see some motherfucking silly? If I have to tell you to shut up one more time, I'm going to shut you up. I just came over here to talk to you. To talk? The way I see it, you and me got one motherfucking thing to talk about. Just totally flipped the script on him. Showed him who the bigger gangster was. She's a bad bitch, bro. And I love it because, woo, like, see, there one of one of the parts she uh, uh, when, when, that she had cut out when she's like, turn around and she, you know what I mean, like put your hands behind your head. She's doing the police shit. To <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and you could probably put a gun in his fucking face. He won't be scared. But put that strap to his dingling, bro. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I think that's a gun pressed up against my dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. You know what I mean? And true Sam Jackson fashion, you'd be like, this is not the first time I had a gun pointed at my face. But put it in his dick, though. <laughs> All bets were off at that point. A motherfucker got a fuck, bro. It's like you've been talking to the police too much. Shut and up. And you know what's funny is he immediately goes there. I love the character. I fucking love the psychology of it all. I fucking love it. Because you knew what he was doing. You knew exactly what he was doing. And he got and he's caught. He's trying to, like, he's trying to him. It's like, baby, what are you talking about? You talk to the police. Like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, like, I ain't got nothing to do with you. I always carry that gun on me. You know what I mean? Like, I fucking love it, dude. He's <laughs> like talking to the police and pinning black against black, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would have said anything right there. But that's why this movie is my favorite is because, like, man, just you see the evolution of, like, these characters. Like, Jackie up until that point just seemed like, you know, like, uh, yeah, timid. Uh, someone who seemed, I mean, really nervous, maybe over her head. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm a person from the hood. I use the N-word. Her emphasis on the N-word when she's like, you know, when she has, he's like, yeah, when he when he asks, was that a gun that was like, yeah. And she, you know what I mean? Just, you knew she was a bad bitch right there. Like, so well done. Oh, yeah. And Quentin Tarantino probably fucking fell out right there when they were, when they were filming that shit. You know what I mean? Probably, because this is definitely one of the so best good. I mean, there's so many good scenes in this movie. I'm going to say it's definitely one of the best. I mean, it's all dialogue, right? Yeah. Like, we, we can honestly say that, right? About this and whole character movie. development. Like, we're watching these characters develop into things we didn't know what they were, like, within split seconds of each other. That's the cool thing about it. We didn't know any... We didn't... We knew that Jackie was... Um, at least her husband got her into some shit. That's all we knew. We knew she'd been in L.A. County. That's about it. Didn't know too much more than that. Such a good scene. She's down. She is down. 
we're back at it and uh so yeah we learned how bad of a bitch jackie really is she's a gangster she ain't fucking around and uh i really like how they have they they got everything with the timing because they have the, the split screen going max makes it all the way back you know to the bail bonds reaches in the glove box and he's like uh, where the fuck's the gun and that's when she cocks it all works out timing wise love it right like and you know what's so tight is that like she is in my version she sucks his dick or something like had him distracted so she could take the gun Whatever it may have been. He's old, man. You said he's he like 56. Him. Yeah, he so dropped old. his guard. He just dropped his guard because she was sexy in the motherfucker. Look, here, here's what could have happened. Here's how it exactly could have happened. He shuts off the car. They both open the door. He gets out. Or he even he gets it in real quick. And then she gets nah, I doubt that happened. I, 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 It could have. I doubt it. But maybe. Like, okay. In the version, though, she gets out second. How yeah. about that? Yeah. So in the moment that he opens the door to get out, that's when she snatches the strap over. You know it has I mean? to be because there's there's probably no other time besides that. That's that easy. And she has it the whole time while they're in there conversing in yep. the motherfucking bar. Yep. Because he never goes back into his glove box until he gets back to the office, anyways. Because mm-hmm. then, so the next scene after that, so now they start talking, and now Jackie is like, that a white people thing? My bad. Like, no. Well, put the gun in the dash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like like is that what I have? Well, for him it's legal. For him it's I mean for him it's legal. So I mean maybe who knows? Yeah, I guess I put him with the registration. (laughs) But yeah, so then um so then uh, Jackie she's got the gun on him and then just really telling him how it's gonna be. If I get if I get get convicted up to a year, you're gonna give me a hundred thousand dollars. If I gotta do more than a year for every year, you're gonna break down another hundred thousand. Yep, ran the contract on them. Yep. And she already said it. They're going to, you already know they're going to come around to asking me, you know, for a plea deal. So, yeah. She, with her history, she's already been down this road. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not afraid to self preserve. Yeah. She's getting 16,000 a year. You know that they're taking some taxes. You need some good money (laughs) and it'll be all go away. Yep. And then it was all worth it in the end. Then they agreed to it and all that. And then it cuts to the next morning and Max comes over to her house, obviously to get the gun. That's the first thing she brings up. And I think just the allure of her is too much because like, she's like, I know that she was like, I was going to ask you, but you'd have to say no, like you'd have to. And like, he gave it back to her. And it was like this whole innocent, you know, victim. He's thinking. Is she naked under that robe? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the whole time. And then, like, just like, hey, you know what? Want to hear some music? Hey, you know what? Want some coffee? I feel like, you know what I mean? And then, even to the point that she got Jedi mind, she got the Force, where he goes, Well, if you want to hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> and she was even like, Now I got one now. And he's like, You went out at midnight and bought a gun. And he went, he went all cop on her, huh? He turned real cop fast. Wait, 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 who are you? What? How did you get it? Like, shut the fuck up, cop. Yeah, she was like, well, let's just say I got one now, okay? <laughs> she took his shit. And it's funny. So uh, what, one of the lines that I really like, it, you know, just during the dialogue, she's like, Max, what do you think? Uh, how do you feel about getting old? 
<laughs> and you know, when people usually ask that, they're asking it because they feel old themselves. And he was like, you're not old. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, no, no. I'm asking you, he's how do you talking. feel? He's joking. <laughs> yeah. He's, all he's thinking about is that sweet black pussy, bro. That's all he's thinking about. He's like, everything. Oh, you, you no, 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 not you. Like, no, no, no. I'm talking about your old ass. You know what I mean? That part always made me laugh because uh, – that's usually what people are asking for. They ask that because they usually think they're getting old themselves. For her, it wasn't. And so it's admitting this shit. Yeah. Right? To, to a degree. Like, well, when got my hair, he took care of my hair. It was falling out. And when you really look at his fucking hair, like, it made me look at him when he said that one. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he has plugs. Or at least that's what they wanted to make it look like. Right. Like the top of his headpiece. Yeah. His plugs. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. It's it's going back to like Murray's wigs, you know, from Goodfellas. (laughs) Right. Some shit like that. Yes. And like, and that's another perfect example of Tarantino dialogue that we are engaged in this dialogue. And when you really consider what they're talking about, it's just regular conversation. Yeah. But it's the fact that it's built up where it's him. He jocks her, but he's clearly knows his place in the world and what he is. He's a fucking bond. He's a cop basically. Yeah. And she knows she's dancing with the devil, but she can throw, she can, she can just flaunt her shit. Cause she's play him like women do men. You know what I mean? Just like she's playing Michael Keaton, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. the entire time also. Because mm-hmm. right yeah. after this, because then she starts, Yeah, I mean, talking a little bit about how, you know, she's, she's got to make some kind of a deal. She's got to be able to, like, make these moves, you know, and um, so then goes back to her, you know, um, like getting back into that interrogation room. And now Michael Keaton rolling in there all cool with his leather jacket and shit. And every time he moves, it's like you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> every time he moves. Crispy. And so Looking awesome. he he's he's not he's Jackie's gonna pretty much put Cordell out on the silver platter, but it's to get his money across too. She's like playing both sides, you know, at the same time because she's gotta be able to get the money, but she can't let him know about it or how much it really is. And so, like, she's even talking about it, you know, like, I want, like, full immunity, you know, if I'm going to give up Ordell and I'm not going to wear a wire. And Michael Keaton just kind of sitting there, you know. He's like, oh, so it's uh, it's really easy. Or what did he say? Yes. No, he was like, it's possible. It's possible. Like, he's trying to play it cool. But they're super hyped because before they go in. What? He's being sarcastic, too, though. Oh, yeah. Her requests are out of this world. Well, not really. I mean, that, that that's what they want. You know, he wants a guy that's going to be bringing out guns, you know, like he's moving up the ladder to be able to get yeah, to Ordell. Right. Like he's been trying to get there for a long time. Okay. So, so that's what you took from there, that he actually was like sincere, like, oh yeah, we can do that. Cause it's really just letting, it's letting, it's letting her be able to fly, but with her, with, you know, him, like, knowing everything about what's going on, knowing that she's going to be bringing back money, but it's a sting to catch she's him. Or like a up a sting. Bro, she's such a powerful character that like, cause think, man, I, this is this mushroom epiphany shit. She's using the, the, it's not even the force. It's greater than the force. It's the power of the sweet pussy, bro. 
<laughs> like she is playing that motherfucker also. Like, hey, listen, you need to give me this so I can go get you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, if I don't go to work tomorrow, I'm fired. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so, so powerful. Yeah. And so even before he walks in, you know, like Michael Keaton's walking up and the LAPD guy, um, you know, he's all giddy walking out. Uh, the first time they were in the office, Jackie was like, can I smoke? And he was like, no, you may not. And then this time he's all happy because now she's going to start yes. singing. Yeah, she's like, can I smoke? And he was like, hell yeah, you can. And, um, you know, gets all, all giddy before Michael Keaton goes in there. So everything is yeah, working out. Like, we're going to speak with you privately. <laughs> so everything that Michael Keaton is working on in his head is going to actually come to fruition now that Jackie is uh, seeming like she's flipped, is what it seems like, you know. But we already know she's going to try to work both sides. So next thing we see is uh, Ordell going over to Melanie's house and uh, and Lewis is over there. <laughs> And uh, he's like, oh, y'all some regular Cheech and Chong's over here. And he was like, man, girl, that's going to rob you of your ambition. You're getting high. It's only 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. He was like, not if your ambition is to smoke weed and watch TV. Fucking Bridget. <laughs> so he leaves her there. Or leaves, uh, leaves Lewis there while he's going to go do some shit. He doesn't say what he's going to do. But he's going to meet Jackie right after, you know, her meeting with, uh, with Michael Keaton and the ATF yeah. guys. And so right when he's walking out, it's funny. He was like, uh, try not to rip his clothes all off him, you know, or like something like that. Yeah. So he already knows she's clearly like a nymphomaniac type. You know what I yeah. Mean? And so they make their, their chit chat for a couple minutes or whatever. And then finally she's just bored of it. She's like, Want to fuck? <laughs> and then what does it say? Like 30 seconds later, three minutes later, Robert De Niro's huffing and puffing like an old dog or something. <laughs> hey, great acting. Oh because yeah, that seemed like a motherfucker who hadn't had pussy in hell of moon, <laughs> many many moons. Oh yeah, and like he was like, I really hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Busted and then he busted like a ten year load in her. <laughs> then then we get back to the real meeting, you know, at hand. That was just you know some stuff to let Ordell actually get to the bar where he was going to meet up with Jackie. And that's the next scene that we are breaking down here. I got it in two parts. And uh, another yeah. another classic scene in this movie. So here we go. Let's check it out. Jackie Jack. Hey. Damn. I'm going to have to remember this place. It's all right. About two minutes from your crib, 10 minutes from the gig. What's your Not drink, bad. brother? Uh, let me get a screwdriver on. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Yes, you are. <laughs> Damn, I bet you come in here on a Saturday night. You need nigga repellent to keep the motherfuckers off your ass. Oh, I do okay. Bullshit, Jackie. You a fine motherfucker. I bet you do a damn sight better than okay. You think anybody followed you? I don't think so. But it don't matter because they already know I'm meeting you. How the fuck they know that? I told them. You told them? 325. Keep it. Thank you, sir. You told them? You told them it's me? They already know it's you. Goddamn, that don't mean you got to confirm it. Look, the only way they're going to give me permission to fly is if I agree to help them, which is what I have to appear to be doing. So I might as well give them somebody they already know. You. You tell them anything else? Yeah, you got a half a meal in Mexico and you want me to bring it in? God, you told them all that? It's true, ain't it? What the fuck that got to do with anything? <laughs> they know I'm delivering for you. 
I told them about the half mil, they could give a fuck about it. All they want to do is catch your ass with guns. So I said, look, you want proof he's getting paid for selling them? Let me bring in the money. And they said? Yes. What's the matter? I mean, that's that's what we discussed last night. You know, this just seeming kind of risky now, you know? Fuck this. Now, let me lay it all out to you, okay? Man, you know Quentin Love writing this dialogue. Like, getting two, two guys, you know, just to just keep uh, flirting with Jackie the entire time. He's like, damn. you doing all right? She's like, I'm fine. He's like, you damn right you are. <laughs> I, lo- I love his pathetic attempts, too. Like he's like, because, you know, he obviously is trying to butter her every chance he gets. And then, you know, like, oh, you know, you find, you know, I bet you do have it more than whatever he said, right? Then he goes right to it. You think you was following? <laughs> like, it's such a pathetic attempt to, like, jock her, right? Yeah. Because really, he don't give a fuck about none of that shit. You know yeah. what I mean? And it only takes but so much where he gets right to the point. And she just kills him because she's in total control. She got the power. But I think Sam Jackson is kind of like Quentin. Okay, so <laughs> there's there's this documentary, QT8, that I keep telling Bogard to watch. And one day he's going to actually watch it. Yeah. So there's, a, I forget who was talking about it exactly. Oh, it was the stunt woman from Kill Bill. Uh, the one who plays, uh, you know, the bride. But... The one who didn't, who wasn't there that day that fucking... Uma actually crashed. <laughs> yeah. And, well, they needed Uma's face in it. That, that That's what they needed. But so she talks about it, how Quentin, like, he just loves women, all shapes and sizes, all colors and flavors. And, you know, and I think that that's what they were kind of like portraying with Samuel Jackson, because every girl that he has is like way different. It's different. You know, from the other ones. Yeah. Well, I got another one. Remember, he's like, oh, well, I need, I need two girls. Oh, I got problem. Right? Like, he just, he got him. (laughs) But so this scene has always been one of my favorites because you just see the range of Sam Jackson. It goes from, like, you know, a day before where he's trying to kill her to now, you know, where... Big jocking her. Yeah, big jocking her. And then it's just funny, like, hella vulnerable now when she was like, why? They didn't need to follow me. But you realize it's the only way he's sheeping to get in his money. Yeah. It's the only way he's going to get his money. Yeah. And if he, and she even said it when she was talking to Max, you know, oh, there may be some other people, you know, who could do it, but they're crooks. You know, he actually trusts me. And so, you know, you're talking about a half million dollars. You really got to trust someone, you know, because yeah. people and run away for a lot less. She bought the crooked ass based on that. Yeah. And he really just had no other options because if it's not her, the money's just going to get left down there anyways. So he's already pot committed. You know, at this point, really, so because I mean, it's just crazy. The whole part where he's feeling really vulnerable, where he's like, "Um, she's like, oh yeah, they didn't need to follow me. They know I'm meeting you." And he's like, "Well, how do they know that?" She was like, "I told them." He's like, well, "What the fuck are you tell them that for?" <laughs> and she was, he's like, "You tell them anything else?" And she, I told him you have a half million in Mexico. Like, what the fuck are you tell them that for? Which true. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck that got to do with anything? <laughs> because. Knowing his character, this million dollar journey he's on, he's halfway, and that's all he gets. Like, what, what, what? you know what I mean? Like, once you start talking about his dream, his goal, you know what I mean? It's in jeopardy. She got all the power, bro. And let's not let's not forget the reason why he wants to was going to kill her because he didn't want her to say anything to the police, like any of those things that she said. 
So that was really her flexing her muscle. Like I did it all, bitch ass motherfucker. (laughs) Yep, and now let's get to part two of the scene after Sam Jackson calms down a little bit. Yeah. I make two deliveries. The first with 10,000, you know, like a dry run. They watch it, see how it works. Then the second delivery, I come in with the half meal. Mm-mm-mm. See, that's too much exposure. I ain't going nowhere near that money. You don't have to. I told him you never pick up the money yourself. You always send someone, and I never know who it is. Mm. That's a good idea. If you listen, it's a damn good idea. Now, the first time I do it, they're looking around. They see me hand the 10,000 to someone. Who? I don't know, a friend of yours. Like a woman? If you want. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking a woman. But wait a minute. If they're going to let you go, how come we don't bring all the cash in the first time? Because <laughs> I don't trust him. Now, the next trip, when I bring in the half meals, it's going to look like I'm doing the same thing as I did before. But you don't? No, I hand it to someone else first. Hmm. And they follow the wrong one, thinking she bringing the money to me. That's the idea. So we're going to need two women. Can you cover that? Yeah, yeah, I got the women covered. Where you plan on pulling this off? The Delamo Mall, the food court. And I suppose you see a piece of this for yourself. <laughs> it's my plan. We're in this together. Yeah, but it's my money, and I don't need no fucking partners. I ain't your partner. I'm your manager. And I'm managing to get your money out of Mexico into America in your hands. And I'm managing to do it all under the nose of the cops. So therefore, I'm your manager and a manager gets 15%. No, manager gets 10%. <laughs> no, that's an agent. A I'm manager gets... 10. No, no. A manager gets 15%. Agent gets 10. I'm getting 15%. Okay? All I'm going to give you is 10. And the same deal as before. I can do that. So, I, I mean, I know that like in every, you know, part of the world, like you always got to convince some some people to do some things. But I don't know what it is. When you get to the hood, everyone's always got to convince someone else to do something. And you got to get real good at having those sales pitches. And we've already seen multiple sales pitches throughout this movie. It just didn't. It wasn't a product, you know, exchanging hands. It was convincing someone to do something. Yep. She killed that. I mean, she has all the juice. She got all the power. You know what I mean? He really need to hear her. He really, like, when I say hear her, like, not just listen to the words she's saying. Like, he really got to buy into what she's saying because it's his only way to get his bread. That's like white men can't jump. You're listening, but you're not hearing. Exactly. You know what I mean? He really try. He really got to get this bread. You know what I'm saying? And she. This is how. This is how dope she is. She already let him know. Listen, I already basically gave you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, and that's the only way that we can even maybe get this to happen. Yep. And before that, she already had the verbal contract. We're like, listen, if I'm going to do this and third, she might not even have the plan exactly yet. But she's like, listen, I'm going to need a hundred if I get convicted. And if I do more than a year, I need two. I need 200 banditos. You know what I mean? Well, she didn't have the full plan, but she already laid it out right there. This is going to be a two part run. You know, we're going to bring 50,000 the first time. We're going to make it look like it's the same amount the second time. But that's when we're bringing all the money. So she at least had the first part of it and knew that they were going to do it at the mall, you know, largest mall. Well, in no, 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 I understand that. What I was talking about was like 
when she already had told his ass when she was she when she sick strap all on him. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm gonna need this amount. Like she was already getting the verbal contracts going. I'm gonna need a hundred bands if I'm gonna have to do this and sit down for X amount of time. You know what I mean? Well, because what it was at that point, because she came over there to kill him, or he came over there to kill her because he didn't want her to say shit. Yeah. So that's what. So that's what she was saying. If I don't say shit, you know, and I have to go to jail because this, that's when you're gonna give me this money. And then she flips the script. Yeah, like, hey, listen, I already told him about you, (laughs) but we're gonna get, but we're gonna get the money now. (laughs) Let's go. So it went from, you know, not saying anything about anybody, but the money probably being stranded there to Jackie flipping the script. And now there's a possibility of that half mil actually making it back to U.S. soil. Fucking Jacqueline. <laughs> and so that's the end of the scene there. And then it cuts to Ordell and Lewis in the bar. And it's funny. It's just classic dialogue. And the funniest part is when like, cause Odell already knows that Lewis fucked her. Because, like, he just knows that's Melanie, you know, but like, Lewis doesn't know that. So it's real funny when Lewis is just, uh, you know, just trying to explain, like, what happened, you know, and all that. And Sam Jackson's like, well, I hope you felt appropriately bad afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Lewis and Odell in the bar talking. And uh, really, that, I mean, Lewis tells. Lewis tells Odell about how Melanie is, like, already trying to, like, go behind his back. You know, trying to cut him out, and Ordell, <laughs> you you want you want to talk about what Ordell says? Yeah, Ordell already he's already on game with it. He's already on game. Like, listen, man, he's like, cause cause Lewis can't for the life of him understand why he'll keep a bitch around that he doesn't trust. And he's like, listen, man, if you know Melody, she's gonna do. You could trust her. I said, I can't trust Melody, but I could trust Melody to do Melody things, essentially. I'm probably, fuck, I'm paraphrasing it, but. No, you can always yeah. trust Melanie to be Melanie. That's exactly, that's what there it is. You know what I mean? That's because she's, the, co- she's the cokehead. She's the stoner cokehead. Yeah, he already knew the bitches, but, you know, the bitches trying to cut him out. I mean, she's an easy street living motherfucker, right? When you're on easy street, you know what that means. You just want to stay living on easy street. You know what I mean? Yep. So like this is her ticket out, and she she'll throw the pussy at whoever the fuck, and thinking that she got the juice, but she ain't Jackie Brown. You know what I mean? Yep. She's just a regular degler bitch. You know what I mean? She's a pawn. Yep. And uh, it's funny. So right after this, it's I mean, so it's Lewis though. Yeah, so is Lewis. Lewis is a pawn. Right. I mean, everyone's a pawn. I mean, you know, in Ordell's game, anyways. And then it yeah. cuts back to Jackie going home. Now, this is one of those classic Tarantino scenes where literally nothing happens, but time goes by. But you don't fast forward it or anything because it's funny dialogue. So she goes home, and this is back when you had answering machines. You know, you go home, press the button. You know, you listen to the answering machine while you're doing your shit around the house. So she's like going, she's like putting shit away, and it's Max. And it's hilarious. I've always laughed. You know, I mean, obviously, we're always smoking. You know, he fucking reiterates the phone numbers. All of them, like every single one, like here's the office number and here's my house number. And oh, here's my beeper number. And, you know, and <laughs> just leave a specific type of message and, you know, like just a whole bunch. And, of um, and then you press <laughs> five, nine. And then, then <laughs> he had her going the whole thing. She wouldn't do none of that. No, she just deleted that shit. Like right after that. <laughs> ah, she just deleted the fuck out of it. 
but that man. part always made me laugh. And it's one of Quentin Tarantino's, you know, like just random scenes where it's something hella random. I mean, she's literally just listening to an answering machine recording of Max, like read off all his numbers because he's hella desperate and he wants to fuck her, you know, like really, really bad. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, he's listening to the Delphonics. Like, you know what I mean, like. She got him going buying tapes and shit. He was legit when he she said it too. You ever heard of the dumb He's like, no. And then like then he's listened to it. He says, this is good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. And so re- really that whole scene of nothing happens. And then you get to the big mall, you know, where you see Max uh walking around and he sees Jackie. Um he sees Jackie and uh um or actually, I might be skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, Jackie is talking to Ordell, and they're pretty much just getting the rundown. You know, they got the tangles going. Both of them got the tangles yeah. on. Got to be rocking them. You know, right. got the matching fit. You know, with it. And he got uh, the shirt too, right? If I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so Jackie's giving him the rundown of what's going to happen and, you know, how he's going to need someone to switch the bags with and just, just the rundown of everything that's going to happen with the whole ordeal. When they split, Ordell starts walking off, and then he sees Max walking. He kind of, because he doesn't trust the bail bondsman. He don't trust those motherfuckers. So he start, ducks. He start, watching, he start eye fucking them. He start watching the motherfucker. Yep. Ducks into one of the stores just so he can get it. Because I mean, Max doesn't see him, you know. And then Ordell just starts following him, and then Ordell. Yeah, you know, why him. too? Right? Why Max didn't see him? Because he saw her. And that's Whoa. once he sees her, he's tunnel vision to the point that he even tries to walk past her. Well, and you know what it is? I mean, so hard. I just feel like, okay, when you're from the hood, you think he's Magoo? Well, he's no, no, no. Here, here's what I feel like. I mean, this is just like psychological, just like, like in our brains, things we probably don't even think about. But when you're from the hood, you always got your head on a swivel. You're always looking around. You're not that guy. When you are from, you know, let, let's just say a privileged type of background, you don't even think like that. You're walking through life, you know, halfway blind, you know, sometimes. He's literally at the mall just going through all the motions of his, like, boring-ass life. You know, he already told Winston, I'm going to go check out a movie. You know, I don't even know what I'm going to see. I'm just going to go, you know. And uh, But, yeah, Ordell sees him. Uh, already has to be on scope mode because he don't trust a, a bail bondsman, not at all. And then sees him go start talking to Jackie. You know, and that's really like where it ends, you know, but Ordell knows that they're in cahoots a little bit more than, you know, just her being her bail bondsman. Yeah, I mean, shit. And then, you know, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what he's, literally, I think that's what he said, right? He's like, what the fuck is this? Yep, because he uh, he hates the fact that she's so buddy-buddy with everyone, including the bail bondsman. So then... Next scene is like her, um, Jackie and Ordell or something. I, I might be mixing up the timeline a little bit here, but there's a time where Jackie is about to go meet uh, Michael Keaton and her and Odell are talking. He's like, man, I hate that you're so buddy-buddy with that motherfucker. And she was like, well, if I wasn't buddy-buddy with that motherfucker, this shit wouldn't even be able to happen. He already knew it too. Yep. You already knew it. Yep, and so Jackie's talking to uh, talking to uh, Michael Keaton. I forget what the fuck his name is. Oh, Ray, talking to Ray, 
um, and they're eating a nice dinner, you know, like they're, they're at some steakhouse or like something like that, you know, like he, yeah, he's trying to fuck her. He's trying to fuck her too. Like everyone's trying to fuck Jackie, you know, she's got he's that power. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, you know, given a little rundown of like what's going to happen and Jackie kind of telling him what's going to happen. That, that's really what the whole conversation's about. Nothing really even important uh, outside of that. And then it gets to the whole first sting, you know, where it's Jackie bringing 50,000 and it's going to be a switch with, uh, with Sharonda, you know, the one who's uh, from North Carolina or whatever, uh, who thinks that standing. Yeah, the young bitch, the young, the little, little baby cot, 19. Yep. You know what I mean? He was out okay. there she was real country and the motherfucker, no shoes on. Yep. <laughs> he was like to her country as Compton might as well be Hollywood. Might as well be Hollywood. <laughs> and so uh yeah, cuts to the mall, Jackie's sitting down waiting for someone, and then it's Sharonda who comes up there. She's got her food, she's got the bag, you know, they're just talking. She's all nervous. Sharonda's nervous as fuck, like you can tell. Like yeah. uh, and uh, who knows what she's on because it looks like she's on something, and when we get a little bit later, awesome. yeah, she, she's on something. And uh, Jackie's I even got to tell her, like, it's okay, you can eat. You know, her country ass was too scared to even eat, you know. And um, so then Jackie ends up leaving. You know, they, they both have the exact same bag. So the whole gig is Jackie's taking the empty bag now. Sharonda's going to take the bag with the money. And then Michael Keaton and the LAPD officer, Buck, uh, they're going to be following Sharonda to, uh, to make the bust on it. But Ordell's too smart for that. He throws a curveball at her. He gets Simone's ass over there with the exact same bag. Sharonda picks up the empty bag. Uh, Simone is the one who leaves with the money. And Max is watching the entire thing like unfold, like, oh shit. Um, and just seeing like this, could, this could actually work. <laughs> yep. And uh, so Jackie's pissed. Oh, yeah. This could work. Yeah. Uh, the, he's talking to himself. Says yeah. it out loud, though, because no one's there to hear it. Cuts to Jackie going over to Melanie's house and then being hella pissed because she didn't know that Simone was going to take the money. Now put her in an awkward-ass position, you know, with uh, with the ATF guy. Yeah. And uh, Ordell, he's got to calm her ass down. But Simone's nowhere to be found. He fuck, She fucking takes off with the money. She, she did his ass. <laughs> and we Where's already saw... Goes to show how he thought. He, he thought. He thought, bro. Well, and seeing Jackie even said it, like, oh, all the people that he know, they're they're crooks. You can't trust them with money. Yeah, couldn't even trust her with fifty thousand, let alone five hundred thousand. Exactly. Yep. And so now, this is where it all gets to the end. You know, it goes, real quick too. It goes to show that he really didn't got no many, too many bitches like that. No, all no. of them wanted to get him. No one's who, who's really solid because the only things that we know now, we've only seen three girls that will four girls with Jackie. Jackie's obviously playing them. You know, Melanie's been talking shit behind his back since the fucking first trying, time. In the trying, to on them, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get Lewis to, you know, coerce with them. Simone just jacked him for 50,000. Sharonda's the only one that he can trust, but it's because she's so doped up that like he knows that she's not going to do shit. <laughs> she's so, from the country. Yeah. So Odell, every every woman around him is pretty much out to fuck him right now, pretty much. Not the way that he wants to be fucked, you know. So now we got it's uh it's Jackie talking to 
uh, talking to Max Cherry, kind of giving her the rundown of like how she has to play this whole thing out, telling her what she needs from him. You don't get 100% of the rundown, but you know that it's Jackie not going to give Odell all that money. One of the reasons why I always like this movie is because they have this time sequence of this whole sting operation or whatever you want to call it, this big money exchange. I mean, that's what they officially call it. But you see it from everyone's different angles. And yeah. that's the coolest thing about it. So the first angle is Jackie Brown's. So she's got the money. She goes into the fit. Um, she goes into the mall. She goes and buys a suit. And it's like the one of the reservoir dog suits minus the tie. You know, she doesn't have a tie, but like that's what I think when I saw that. You know, the black and white suit looking like a badass. And she's in the dressing room, and Melanie comes in there. You don't know what's happening outside. You just know that Melanie comes in there, and uh, Jackie puts a little present on top of the marked bills. So. Let's go back a second. The bills that Jackie has, the 50000 that the ATF knows about, they mark those. So they know which ones are marked. The 500000 none of those are marked. Nobody knows about those. But Jackie made sure to give Melanie one of the stacks of the marked bills. And yep. she was like, here, I threw a cherry on top. What Odell ever do for us? You know, nothing. <laughs> and then so, you know, Melanie pockets that, you know, right away, 10 bands. You know, throws that right in her pocket. And then Jackie comes out, just no bag or anything like that. All hysterical. And, uh, or no, 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 sorry. She pays for the suit, pays for the suit, and then starts looking around all hysterical. The music, the anxiety, you know, she's just looking around. You don't know what the fuck is going on right now. You really don't. They're playing them. And then she finally gets to somewhere in the middle of the mall. She's like, Ray, 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 come out. And she's like, Melanie burst into the dressing room. She stole the money. And then boom, cuts right to the cuts right backwards to the beginning of the scene. But now we're getting it from um from yeah. Lewis and Melanie's yep. perspective. <laughs> you want to talk about Lewis trying to get out of the house? Oh, I love that because, like, first of all, this is why I love Sam Jackson, because like you you see different you see different tonalities from him, like where he's like, you know, where he's in the bar, he's like, you told a motherfucker, right? Yeah, yeah, that version. And then you have the version where he's like, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking to her with the low tone, you know what I mean? About this, this is how it's going to be. Woo, woo. But then you also have him calling in a panic. Like, and the fact that he picks up the phone knows that his his suspicion is correct. Motherfucker, why are you picking up the phone? <laughs> why are you still at the house? Why are you still at the house? Well, I should say, right? Yep. And like, and it's funny because Lewis, I think there Lewis is a passive aggressive character. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he lets shit build up, because even then he hangs the phone up on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> is Sam Jackson is like, just grab that bitch by her motherfucking hair and get the fuck Jack out of <laughs> And he goes over there and he pounds on the door one more time. But this bitch, this is why I say he's passive aggressive because this bitch has been running his ass because she threw him some little bit of a little bit of piece of pussy. You know what I mean? Yep. So she just kind of just running, you know, she and she obviously wants to utilize him so they can get a big score. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, yeah, but go ahead, continue. 
but yeah, so they're, they're just, <laughs> they're running behind the eight ball, you know, and then they're in the car and like Melanie's like playing her music and Lewis is trying to get into the mode of like, you know, bank robbery mode. Like that's the only thing that at least as far as we know that he knows. So to him, this is like the exact same thing. They know that there's, I mean, it's supposed to be 500,000, you know, that they're getting. He ain't never robbed no bank and walked out with 500,000, nope. you know, so this is the biggest kind of money that he's ever going to be handling in his life for anything like this. And Melanie is just like, you know, just sitting like slapping her knees and shit, you know, yeah, play, play, play <laughs> slapping her knees to the beat. Yep. Just, you know, yeah. being hella goofy. And so they finally get, they get into the mall, you know, I bet your pussy was whack too. I don't lie. <laughs> it probably was, you know, I mean, Sam I mean, Jackson even said it too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she, was like, hey, she ain't good at it, but she go throw it at you. Yeah, like I I remember the way that he described her is like, you know, she's she's not as pretty as she used to be, a little bit older. She bitches a whole lot more than she used to. He's like, but she's white. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts laughing and cracking up because it's you know, that's just the way it is. Like uh it's funny. And uh so you get to them in the mall. They're just walking around. Melanie's just, you know, being crazy and all that. Lewis is telling her to fucking stick by him, you know, and shit. And then uh, they finally get to where you can see Jackie. You know, they're in the woman's department or whatever. And then um, Lewis has her arm. And uh, she's like, no, you're going to stay fucking right here. And then she's like, will you let go? And like says it all loud, you know, just so people can hear. And then he lets go. Why, bitch? Yep, just to not cause a scene. And then she runs, you know, into the uh, into the dressing room, which we know what happens when she's in there already. And Lewis sees Max Cherry and Max gives him a little <laughs> and Lewis just I don't know. He just doesn't think anything of it. Like at that point, he's like so dumbfounded. To see Here's my him. thing, though. When the fuck I mean, we have to assume that he already knows who he is. Because before no, that, no, 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 no. Lewis went into the bail bonds earlier. Like, of course, he was all fucked up when when he went when Ordell went in to pay Beaumont's. Um, oh yeah, he was because remember it was even in there. He had his keys. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. yeah you're right. He was like, you "Ain't got to do nothing. Just click it, get a little ooh, ooh, ooh and then open the door, yeah. get the fuck in." Right, right, it's right. like you play the volume as loud as you want, but don't touch my levels now. I got them set just the way I like them. <laughs> so okay, he knows right. he know he knows who he is, but I don't know. He just doesn't put anything together. Like just like okay, he sees him there and is like, "What the fuck's this guy doing here?" But then just straight back focused, you know, to that dressing room and wondering where the fuck Melanie is at, because <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be the plan. She wasn't supposed to run in there like that. Yeah. And then, so Melanie comes out. She has a bag, and then um, she has the bag, and she's just like walking all fast. Lewis catches the fuck up to her grabs the bag like out of her hand and then brings us to this next scene that we're going to watch here. And yeah. uh, probably one of the best, you know, just like I say about all the other ones, definitely one of the best scenes in the entire movie. So Lewis grabs the bag from her, but then is very confused on where the fuck they park. Cause they're in like a huge ass mall, a huge ass department store with probably like 10 exits. It also didn't help that the bitch was in his ear and fucking him up while he's trying to stay focused the whole fucking time. Like, I don't blame him. But yeah, <laughs> bring that shit. Here we go. Get out of here. What do you think? Yeah, the bag. Fuck you. I can carry it. I'm going to bring the bag. What? You want to rip the fucking bag? Knock it a fuck Okay, okay, Jesus, what's wrong with I'm you? I'm carrying a bag. Yeah, right, you got it. Just take a chill pill for Christ's sake. Fuck you, get chill pill. Remember where we came in? No, that's towards Sears. Where the f Which way? Which
Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life, how did you ever rob a bank? Hey, when you robbed banks, did you have to look for your car then, too? No wonder you went to jail. Is it this aisle, Lewis? Is it? Lewis? Lewis? Is it this aisle, or is it the next one over? You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. You're positive? Don't seem sure to me. Hey, don't say... Don't say anything else, okay? Keep your mouth shut. Well... I mean, don't say one fucking word, okay? Okay, Lewis. See? Just where I said it was. This is where... The only time that you see his personality come out because he says like 10 words throughout the entire movie, you know, like barely yeah. anything. And then this one, you see the anger, you see the pent up frustration. Like you said, he's a passive aggressive motherfucker. It's just been building up all day. He blessed her. He warned her though. <laughs> he said, he basically said, this is the last straw without saying it. And listen, I would have no, he did him. say it. Don't say one motherfucking word. Don't don't say it. And then I she went, she went to bitch. say something, and he knew that she was going to say it. He even gave her a, like a second chance, you know, like an almost like a, a what's it called? Uh, um, dang it! Like, are you for sure? Like, what is that? I forgot the um, the billionaire uh, final. Yeah, answer. Oh, is this your final answer? Yeah, he gave her that too. Like, I'm serious. Don't say one motherfucking word. <laughs> okay, Lewis. <laughs> When she was emphasizing the S on Lewis, I would have shot her ass in the face right there. Lewis? Lewis. <laughs> I am going to shot her. <laughs> Fuck up, bitch. And you know what's so dope about his passive aggression as a character, right? Is that he in his mind thinks she's dead already. Yeah. And he's walking away, or he's hoping she's dead at least. And he's walking around, see, I told you. It's right here. <laughs> it's right where I said it was. Fuck up, bitch. And I cut it off a little bit. Um, but it's funny because like the movie is so real. The devil's in the details. They're driving a little shitty, you know, yeah, totally many van. stalls out and shit, and then yeah. he has to restart the car. <laughs> so yeah, and you know what's funny about criminals, bro? Like a lot of them are dumb. And he's a dumbass motherfucker to not even look in that bag. You know never I mean? looked in the bag at all. Like, why wouldn't that be the first thing you did when you got into the car, at least? Nobody's around. I know you just shot Melanie, but nobody's around. Yeah, stupid fuck. Yep. And so then we get the last and She part. says it all, too. Uh, I don't even know how the fuck you robbed the bank. Like, <laughs> she's already foreshadowing, like, painting the picture of him being a crony. He's a dumbass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a crony. He's a lackey. Yeah. You know like I mean? when you guys rob banks, did you have to search for your car then too? For real, just <laughs> shitting on them. It's talking mad shit. And like, okay, let me ask you a question real quick. In your opinion, do you think he's taking her through this whole aisles and stuff like that, where the car is, so he can murk her, like find the right place? No, I I really think that it's like impulsive. I, well, I'm with you on that. Yeah, because I, I mean, it's the hugest mall in the world. It said or something like that, or in America. I mean, we saw the parking lot. Like, it's not like they park close. Like, they park, like, hella far. 
you know, from it. Yeah. So no, yeah, I, like I, I, I like that. I like that because I, I, I like the impulsiveness of it. You know what I mean? I, I like what you said. I mean, it was really just all the shit that built up, you know, to where he couldn't take it no more. Like that, there was going to be a last straw, and she, uh, Lewis, Lewis, on a bit shot her right in the neck, right there. And then we get the third part of this, at least the third point of view, which is Max Cherry. So we already know he's in there because Lewis sees him. Lewis doesn't acknowledge him, but we we definitely know that he's. It's him. a good suit, right? Would you agree? It's a what? It's a good suit. Oh yeah, Jackie looks good in it. No, no, but also like Max's suit too. That's all right. Max kind of black, like you know, because he's not. He never wears it in, in, before this suit, right? He's he, he's always bummy, right? You know what I mean, this one he he dressed nice for the occasion. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably in his probably his best suit. Yeah, it was so funny. This, this, I don't know why I just thought of this, but this got to go back almost twenty years ago when uh, hanging out with uh, with one of my cronies, um, just from way back in the day. And uh, he, um, he, we were we were getting some we were getting some trees, and he shows up in a suit, and I'm just like, <laughs> he's got a backpack on. Like, why the fuck are you wearing a suit? It's like no one ever suspect that a guy in a suit has some stuff in a backpack. <laughs> Maybe a suitcase. Maybe go with a suitcase. Right. The, lo the logic was definitely flawed. I, I just, but you no, know, no but just like Sam right. Jackson said in the beginning, but you know, you can't tell his, can't tell his motherfuckers anything. Wow. So, Max. Is the whole key to all this money getting out of there? Because Melanie, we already know that she snatched some of the money, but she ended up getting shot, you know. And then Lewis has the piece of the money, but we see Jackie when she goes in there, she has two bags. One of the bags has a bunch of books on the bottom with maybe like 40 or 50 grand in it. And that's the one where she gave Melanie the uh the marked bills on top. And then the other one, uh, the other bag that she had. That's where that 500 grand was at. And she doesn't come out of the dressing room with any bags. So we just know that one of the bags was left behind and then the other one went to Melanie. So you see everything unfolding in front of Max. And then after Jackie leaves, that's when he goes up. And as Jackie leaves, she says that someone left a bag of beach towels. So Max goes up and, you know, just... The saleswoman, you know, just bullshit and wanted to talk on the phone and shit. He's like, I think my wife left some beach towels. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're in there. Just go get them. No one's back there, you perv. And then uh, so he goes, he gets the money, walks out, and just they have, like, you know, some dramatic music during it because it is a whole big thing. He opens the opens the dressing room and the bag is just there, you know. Well, the and whole thing is, too, is because it goes back to the conversation. Would you walk? What would you do if you could walk away with 500 M's or 500 bands? Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, so that's really big for him because him already agreeing to her, you know what I mean? That's he already crossed the line. There's no it's all points of no return for Max, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, and this is the big one. Oh, so, yeah, and he still did the right thing, huh? They yeah. do a call. They do a callback on the Iowa. I only took ten percent or whatever it was, right? <laughs> yeah. What was uh, what was agreed upon from uh, Ordell to Jackie? 
Yes. Then she got the rest. Ballin'. And uh, so, yeah, so he just walks out, and then they got that music, you know, that fast-paced music. And then uh, he just, just gets away scot-free, you know, just like they do. And, uh, <laughs> and then... I mean, it was too easy for Max. Like, everything was real easy for Max. Like, his was, it's crazy. He he was carrying the 500 bands, but his was, seemed the easiest out of everybody. Everyone else had a lot of problems with what was going it's on. It's because he was white. <laughs> that is very true. This is why I asked you, because I thought it was a good suit, because it's probably based on, based, based as a comparison to how he was dressing before that. Right, well, in, his old, in his old movies. I, I, because I know he was in a lot of old movies and he used to be the badass, you know, in movies. And may, I, I know he did used to rock suits. Maybe that was an ode to one of, uh, you know, some old movies in the suits. Yeah. yeah. So now the next scene after that is Lewis going to pick up Ordell. They got all the money. Everything is a success, at least as far as they're concerned. And, um, we got we got the scene that we're going to be breaking down here because this is one of the craziest scenes throughout the entire movie. We got three parts of this scene that we're going to be breaking down. Uh, let, let's just get into part one. Where's Milne? Well, that's that's what I want to tell you. You see, she was bugging me the whole time. She got pissy with me because I wouldn't let her carry the bag, and then she started running a fucking mouth about you know, like because I couldn't remember where the car was parked right away when we came out. So then she got on me about that. Is it this aisle, Lewis? Is it that aisle, Lewis? It's totally fucking with my nerves, man. So what? So, you left her there? I, I shot her. You shot Melanie twice in the parking lot. Couldn't talk to her. Well, how can you, how can you talk to her? You know, couldn't just hit her. Maybe, but I, at that at that moment, I don't know. I just... You shot her twice. Is she dead? I, I, I pretty much. What do you mean, pretty much, Lewis? That ain't no fucking answer. Yes or no? Is she dead? I, I think so. Yeah. You think so? Tell me, Lewis. She's Is dead. she? She's dead. But where'd you shoot her? In the chest and the stomach. If he had to do it, then he had to do it. Bro. What we don't want is that bit surviving on us. On anybody but that woman. It's like mm -hmm. a nice callback. Yeah. Because you know I mean? he called it's like a callback to when he's questioning him in the bar about like how do you trust this bitch? Yeah. Because you know I mean? he called, he said, straight up says it. You better hope she's died. She won't survive because anybody but that one. Because <laughs> he knows she'll give everybody up in a heartbeat. Yeah, so funny. Like, <laughs> you couldn't just talk to her. You couldn't just hit her. It's like, I don't know. At that moment, I just, I don't know. Hey, man, he had enough, man. <laughs> he had enough to hear. Is she dead? Uh, pretty much. Uh, pretty much? What's that fucking mean? That ain't no motherfucking answer. <laughs> and then he's like, yes, yes. She, even when he says, where'd you shoot her? In the chest and the stomach. He didn't like that either. He's no. like, fuck it, dude. <laughs> like, he could, like, you know, and you can tell he's thinking like, man, you can shoot her in the face, man. Like, so I, I, had to, I had to break down these scenes. I, I had to break down this scene into three individual parts because that's just how in depth these Tarantino scenes are like this first part of the scene, you know, they're getting together, 
I mean, as far as Sam Jackson knows, it's supposed to be Melanie and Lewis in the car, and they're supposed to have a bag with 500000 you know? And then the first thing is he's like, where the fuck's Melanie at? You know, there's already something off about this whole situation, you know? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then Lewis having to explain that he uh, that he killed her. And Sam Jackson needing to hear the words, you know, that she's dead. Like, just her being shot's not enough because that, she better not survive anybody but that woman. <laughs> For real. And now the second part is where things really go awry. Because now, after he doesn't care about Melanie anymore, if you had to do it, bro, you had to do it. You know, yeah. like he, he's okay oh, with it. Was. If it had to be done to get this money, it had to be done as long as she didn't survive. But then things change very, very quickly. Here we go. Part two of this clip. Lewis. What? Where's the rest of it? How much is that? I don't know. Maybe 40 should maybe less. You said 550. Yeah, so you lied, ain't you? You lied about half a million ten. Look, look, man, that's the bag she came out with. She never put a hand in it. Neither did I. Came out of where? Out of the, the fitting room. It went down exactly the way it was supposed to. How long was she in there? A minute. Not, not even a minute. She came right out. Oh, she's telling me the truth. Listen, I swear to fucking God, man. I swear on my life. She came out with that fucking bag, and I took it from her. And then what? And that was it. We went to the parking lot. Well, you shot her. That's right. Lewis, you should have known in a room somewhere with a half million dollars. I worked my ass off to get oh, waiting for you. Fuck you for asking me that. Hey, I'm not a good you, to set me fuck up. You, man. Asking, oh, fuck you, brother. How could you fucking you? ask me that? Shit. Pull the call for me. You ask me that. I swear to God, you shot away. It's in there. Well, what the fuck's that gonna tell you? I could have taken two out already. Things oh. escalate hella quickly because. Just right in a split second, he, he's he's now come to peace with Melanie being dead, you know, as long as he got his money. But then goes through the bag, <laughs> notices that fucking <coughs> most of the money is gone. When you're supposed to be getting 550000 and you only see about 40000 do, do you notice the math is funny? You lied about half million ten. Yeah. It's like, it's like listen you mean like a half, like it's just so funny how the mat like his well no 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 so here's what it is that the 50,000 is what ATF knows about and then there's yeah. another half a million on top of that mm, okay yeah that oh. makes sense yeah so but, but, yeah but but I love how he he looks at the bands he's like Man, it's like forty or less, cause you know the bitch took. You know, he gets you know, cause the bitch took the ten. Yeah, the the dead ass bitch. Yep, exactly. Cause those are all the marked bills, marked all fifty thousand of them. Yep, yep. And so, yeah. Then it goes from him thinking that Melanie's dead to now 
flipping the script. Like he's like, wait, where the fuck did she come out of? Out of the fitting room. How long was she in there? Only a minute. He was like, and then you guys went to the parking lot where you shot her, huh? <laughs> and yeah, you hear, yeah, you hear his voice change. That's a question. <laughs> Thinking that it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like you sure Melanie ain't up in a room right now with half a million of my hard-earned dollars? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I love this is why De Niro is De Niro. Because that whole scene right there where he's legit, honest, he's telling the truth there. Yeah. And he just so happens to be a dumbass too, though. So like, he, in the midst of being honest, he fails to tell him an important detail. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where uh, where we're getting into for the last part of this yeah. ultimate uh, climax, at least of Lewis's character. It's Jackie Brown. Well, you know, if she got it, well, why didn't she take it all? Oh, I'd be sure and ask that bitch before I blow her brains out. Oh. Well, maybe the feds got it. Mm, 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 mm. See, if there wasn't nothing in that bag but them towels, then maybe she didn't get a chance to take the money out of her suitcase and the ATF got it. But she put them books in there to trick her ass. Well, that's why I didn't check it, because the bag fell right. That's right. Uh, and then she puts 40 grand or so in there to rub that shit in my face. You know what I'm saying? She wants me to know she ripped me off. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Unless, you know, either she's got it or the feds got it. Or... Or, now check this out. What if she gave the money to somebody else first before Melanie even went in the dressing room? Uh-huh. Oh, man, you know what? What? Uh, you know... You know who I saw in the dress department? No, tell me. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm, no, no, I did wonder what he was doing there. I wondered what he was doing there, but I thought it had nothing to do with us. Like, maybe he's with his wife or his girlfriend. It's a big place. Louis, a lot Louis, of people Louis. do that. You go tell me who you saw? Yeah, Max Cherry. Max Cherry! You see Max Cherry in the dress department where we... Man, look at me when I'm talking to you! You see that motherfucker in the dress department when we about to get a half million dollars and you don't think nothing about him no, being why? there? No, they know each other? Hell yeah, they know each other. He bonded ass out of county. Well, how am I supposed to know you that? You know he a bail bondsman, don't you? You know all them motherfuckers is crooked as a barrel of snakes, don't you? Why should I think something's weird if I don't know nothing about them? I don't want to hear no fucking excuses, man. I ain't giving you fucking excuses, man. And I'm telling you, I don't fucking, I'm giving you fucking reasons. Oh, 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 oh. You gonna tell me the reason you lost every goddamn cent I got in the world? Hey, man. You gonna tell me reasons? You better. Let me tell you the reason, motherfucker. The reason is your ass ain't worth the shit no more. You better fucking back off, man. You man, your ass used to be beautiful. Man, just just the end of that. What happened to your ass? Your ass used to be beautiful. <laughs> I'm about to nitpick the fuck out of something real quick. Let's get it. I don't like. I don't like when he goes in, depresses it, and shoots him for the second time. I don't like the audio of the gun of the gunshot. It shouldn't have been that loud, like an echo. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it was like it was like it was a it was the audio was from a gunfire from like you know being in an open area. You know what I mean? 
Yep. The louder the better is all that I assume when it comes to these gunshots. Yeah, but I'm also I'm just you know what I mean? And then also to yeah, I'm just I'm nitpicking. But it was a great scene though, nonetheless. That's if I I had to find something to nitpick, even you know what I mean. Shows how dumb Lewis is because then the wheels start turning, like finally, you know. What he's like with Sam Jackson's like, or or what if he gave it to someone else before Melanie got in there? Wait, what? You know who I did see in there? And he's like, nah, who'd you see? He's like, well, I, I just didn't think it had anything to do with us. And, you know, and blah, blah, yeah, he blah, wasn't blah. even entirely right, too, when he with his with his um, thought process, his thought process. He wasn't even until when she gave it to someone else prior. No, no, no. It was really after the fact. Yep. Right. Yep. And what's funny is like how Lewis is the quintessential like dumb criminal you know what i mean yep like this is a reason and 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 that goes that goes back to how the character of ordell is more sadist than anything he might not be slick at all what he does is take advantage of any kind of authority he has he abuses it so if you work for him you know what i'm saying and he's gonna abuse you but how do you how do you work for him? What's the what's the prerequisite? Somebody weak minded or yep. dumb as fuck. In this case, Lewis. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So he blows. Like he had to explain. You know what says a lot about Lewis? Having to explain the motherfucking. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you know you have to do nothing. You just click a little button. You're ooh ooh ooh, and then you get in. If you notice too, the way he explains it to him, it's kind of funny. He says, You gotta, this is the key. What's the key? This is the key right here. And he said, But you gotta first, you gotta fucking go, 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 and then unlock the door. Then he explains to him, I mean, then he asks again, and he goes, Yeah, you point it at it, and then it unlocks the door. (laughs) <laughs> like that was funny to me because before that the explanation was unlock it and then put the fucking key in. You know what I mean? Yep. And when we go all yeah, the way back to him, like showing him Beaumont, you know, show him Lewis, you're gonna come in on this with me. You got to be prepared to go all the way. Yeah. He went he went all the way. That was for sure. So we see him. He shoots Lewis, gets out of the car, and then that's the last, you know, that we see him. And then it cuts back to Ray and Jackie in the interrogation. Jackie, I'm sure, is nervous as hell right now because this is pretty much the end of the line. But she's so good because she's scared. She's got her cigarette like she always does. And Ray's just like. You know, if I have all this stuff hanging over my head like you do, I, I just I feel like I'd go shopping afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but also too, you know what's funny is like when I'm watching it, I'm screaming at the TV, explaining to him, "Oh, how could you do? She's a black woman, and he's gonna walk out not paying some shit. They'll arrest like it's, it's it'll be the end of the world in Mall in Mallville. You know what I mean?" Yeah. They will sick the dogs on her because she's not a white woman. She's a black woman. Yeah. So paying for the suit is part for the course. Plus, that was something she probably fucking, that was part of the meticulous planning. Oh, and yeah. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. And she said how she had to put the suit back on because she could put that on quicker than her flight attendant um, stuff. And and what else was it? When Melanie burst in there, she was in her underwear, so she had to put something back on. She couldn't just run out, like, in her underwear. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's crazy, too, because, like, Ray already knows that it's bullshit, but everything's kind of lining up. And, like, he goes one more chance, and I wish that I had this. uh, I wish I could have pulled this scene, but I wasn't able to – to find it at all but like one last chance like throws his hand and he was like you don't know where that money went and she's like no he's like, could went here could went there and like he's like just this whole little thing where he's like you know going at her real quick to to try to get her to break like he was, at good. All. He was good he was actually spot on and she didn't crack she didn't no. crack and he's like oh you want me to put a polygraph there she's like put the motherfucker there you know motherfucker make you happy <laughs> so it was crazy those tears too. Yeah. So good because because it started from you could kind of see it in the beginning, like that she had a little bit of like water in her eyes when she's like taking the deep drags on the sig before the whole scene really starts. Yeah. Cause she's really nervous. She don't even think herself that she can get away with this, but she has nothing to lose because what's the other option? She could be killed, you know what I mean? Or she go to jail or prison or what whatnot. Yeah. So it's really plan A or, or bust. And like, yeah. so like the reality of that for her, cause this is phase three or four or whatever in her plan. Gotta go in there and lie to the deeds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And fucking she passes it with flying color. Yeah. And like, and it probably help. It probably helped that she would, that, that he wanted to fuck her too. I'm sure. I'm sure. And uh, and every, everyone kind of coming up dead. I mean, help them too. Cause yeah. uh, you know, he was like, I know you didn't pay for that suit with marked bills, you know? So he knew, he knew that she didn't do that. And Melanie was found with marked mm-hmm. bills it's in her, in her shorts. See, and that's all meticulous planning. Yeah. Hey bitch, we don't know each other. And I love that there's the door between them and you only see the feet. Obviously Tarantino, but the whole yeah. point is like, what has Ordell ever done for us here, bitch? Yeah, when it hits her in the soft spot, and, and it was because her plan. Yeah, she. I don't know. She knew that Melanie was. You probably get knew that Melanie was going to get popped, but she already knew Melody is a problem. Yeah, and Melody will get caught eventually. If not, get killed. Melody will be running around with a motherfucking Mark Bills. And here's another thing. Like, why? I mean, how does she know Melanie was dead? No, she didn't. They they she said that. They, they said that. No, no, no. They told her that, like, there. I and that, that's she... how, and that's, yeah. And then that's how they said Melanie had the Mark Bills. And he said, that goes a long way to collaborate your story. Because they didn't know what Ordell had because he had the money. The other Mark Bills. They didn't catch no. him with Mark Bills. So yeah. Melanie didn't have those bills then Jackie is maybe still in trouble because they have no proof that Ordell has them. Ooh, so good. <laughs> so, so yeah, Melanie needed to get shot or busted for Jackie's story to like, you know, be corroborated all the way. Oh yeah. But yep. And then, oh yeah. And then <sighs> Lewis or not Lewis, Lewis is dead. And then it's Max Cherry and Ordell time. 
This is the the time when uh, everything. Before, before you bring this up, I want to tell them what tell them about how you 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 point you put me on this of the transition. Like when you said, "Did you notice? What did you notice after?" Remember that you asked Fuck. me to. Fuck, said, I'm really high right now. Give me another hint. You said you notice that now. Oh, from Sa- from Sam Jackson, yeah. from Sam Jackson's character from Ordell. So it goes, and I've already talked about kind of the evolution of the character throughout this. But you know, he starts off as a happy-go-lucky, you know, like guy who we know is a gun runner, slick talking motherfucker, slick yeah. talking motherfucker, real, real, like uh, way too full of life for the type of business that he's in. And then you see how dirty he really gets and how he's a cold-blooded killer, you know? And then he starts getting, like, real, like, vulnerable, you know, when it comes to Jackie Brown and all that. Maybe even scared, you know, close to that. And then now he just lost all of his money. And now, I mean, we're now we're talking desperation. And you can just see this roller coaster of emotions. And now he's just like a man who's kind of lost everything. He goes from that happy-go-lucky guy to a guy who... He's always yelling. The Sam Jackson yell, you know, is going when he's trying to call Mr. Walker and shit, you know. But then it turns into that low monotone, like, I'm really going to kill you, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And just everything changes. So we're, we're about to have a scene right now that we're going to watch right before they Real go quick. into the bail bonds. One more thing is before you before you play this scene, when you played the last scene, that's the first time I actually realized that that's part of his this was a thing of his character where he said look at me when i'm talking to you motherfucker like you know what I mean? yeah that one hurt, but this one oh yeah go ahead run that shit hold on hold on so before we get into this let's set this up so max cherry he calls ordell he doesn't know where ordell's at so he needs winston to figure out where he oh is. yeah <laughs> i love this i mean we already saw the scene earlier lightweight yeah. yep Saw the part of it anyways. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it at the beginning. And uh, so Max is calling up Ordell, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to bring you your money, bring you $10,000 back, the 10000 collateral that he put down, you know, for Jackie getting out of jail. Um, says he wants to bring him that money. <laughs> and Ordell's like, you know what the fuck I want, motherfucker, and what money I'm talking about, motherfucker. <laughs> He was like, if Jackie ain't going to be my friend, um, you know, and she's going to um, she's going to dime me out or something, I'll name her as my accomplice and we'll go upstate in hand and motherfucking hand. Cuff. <laughs> and uh, and so scene cuts from there and it, it gets to Max showing up to Ordell's house. And it's so funny because Max, like the motherfucking cop that he is coming in, banging the fuck on the door. <laughs> Or to open the door. Why the fuck you knocking like the motherfucking police? <laughs> like he's such a dumbass. Like, man, just like knocking loud as fuck. Same ass look. <laughs> Same so ass lame ass look. So good. He keeps that dumbass, dumbass look on his face the whole fucking time. So good. <laughs> yep. And then so uh Max comes into the house. He's going to give him the money. Um, Ordell's pissed as fuck. And then Max kind of explains what happens. Like, oh, she wants to give you your money and all this and that and blah, 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 blah. But then it cuts to the scene right where uh, they're about to be driving. They're they're driving. And Ordell, he wasn't going to let Max drive. He's like, give me those keys, motherfucker. I'm driving. 
gets in the car, and of course the Delphonics comes on because <laughs> uh, Max went and bought the tape, you know, earlier at the store, and that's right. all he's been playing, driving around thinking about Jackie and shit. And then it gets real. It gets really, really real. Sorry to everyone who's watching this on YouTube because I'm sure the clip isn't going to come up. So make sure you go listen uh, on the podcast form, ssbpod.com. Make sure you go download the podcast on Apple Pod, Spotify, um, Amazon, literally everywhere. Go download it and go leave us a five-star review. Go leave us a five-star review everywhere. And let's get into this very last scene. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. My money's in that office, right? She started giving me some bullshit about it ain't there, and we gotta go someplace else and get it. I'm going to shoot you in the head right then and there. Then I'm going to shoot that bitch in the kneecaps, find out where my goddamn money is. She's going to tell me to. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you, motherfucker. Listen. I go walking in there, and that nigga Winston or anybody else is in there, you the first motherfucker to get shot, you understand me? Yeah. That ain't nothing you want to tell me before we get out this car, is that? Nope. Last chance, motherfucker, you sure? Better be, motherfucker. All right. Let's roll. Sam Jackson is just such a good actor. Like, man, that whole scene. Whew. I love I love the tonality, like the delivery of how like it's so intense. And by this time, it's already built up that you know he's one of the baddest motherfuckers, bro. Like you hear him, but he's terrifying. And like my fate, like I literally laughed out loud watching this shit again because when he says, look at me when I'm talking to you, motherfucker. And he looks at him, and he has that same dumbass look. <laughs> <laughs> he does that face the whole fucking movie. <laughs> oh, man, that's good acting because, god Oh, my God, that's good acting, dude. And man, and Ordell, he's just like... If that bitch tells me that we're going to have to go get the money somewhere else, I'm shooting her in the kneecap. And he's like, if Winston or any of them other motherfuckers are up in there, I'm shooting you first. You know what's funny, too, is how, you know what I'm saying, he he speaks in certainty. It's Pat's the dark side, you know know what I'm saying? And and what's funny is people don't know about Mace Windu, the character that he plays in Star Wars, is that he has the capability of utilizing the dark side of the force without turning because the dark side of the force is far more powerful than the light side with the Jedi's, right? But you get corrupted when you utilize it. He mastered the art of being able to dance between the line and, and draw from it if he ever needed to. 
You know what I'm saying? And and it was dope about that is because that's what you know, he requested them to have a purple lightsaber for him. Yeah. He requested that. Right? Had to be different. Yeah. But but then they went and wrote a whole backstory for it. Yeah. That's how dope he is just as an actor that they 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 split Star Wars to where in some shit that didn't even exist and made right? a motherfucker <laughs> who has a purple lightsaber because and when he and all he wanted was purple because he liked the color and he wanted to be different. He said, when we're in the middle of the motherfucking lightsaber battles, I want motherfuckers to see me and know that's me. Right? <laughs> that was his whole logic. And when they did that shit for him, they wrote the whole backstory. That it's purple because it's red and blue. You know what I'm saying? He's able to conjure the motherfucking dark side power without turning. You know what I mean? That shit's awesome. dope. Hell yeah. Sam Jackson, and, he's the man. Rufus, he's the man. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> man. And so, spoiler alert. It ends the way that Jackie Brown wants this to end. You know, so Ardell... He's going up in there. I mean, he's got his gun ready, you know, like he always does on the hip. You know, Max Cherry's walking right in front of him. Um, Jackie's ready. Like, you kind of see, like, they keep cutting back to Jackie and then back to Ordell and Max Cherry. Like, she's in the office, you know, waiting for them. She's got the gun, you know, right there in the little top drawer, you know, just ready to pull it out, you know, like she's going to be the one to shoot him if it went down. But, of course, you know, the ATF is actually there now. And so what happens is he it's goes really in, just buddy, right? Huh? It's really just buddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, th- at least that's all we see is yeah. Ray. And so it's funny because like, remember in the, the one scene way back where he's going to go kill Jackie, he keeps turning off the, the light. Yeah. When he walks in this light. time, the lights are off and he's like, man, why is it so dark in here? <laughs> and that's funny because. He, he subconsciously knew, right? Because that's what he would do if you yeah. murder somebody. Yeah, he probably had his hand on the gun, like already, right. you know, when he came in and it's dark. And then I, I it, it's just so quick. You know, he's like, hey, Jackie. And then she's like, Ray, he's got a gun. And then, you know, Michael Keaton busts in, shoots him once, like right in the chest or twice. And, uh, and that's just it. And, you know, I, here's one thing too, man. I mean, it really kind of made me upset that that's how he went. He went out, right? But it's so funny because when you look at that scene, that whole sequence of events, how powerful that sweet Jackie Brown pussy is, and ain't nobody even had that shit yet. You know what I mean? Nope. Like this motherfucker. Because she's know, better than she's better than everyone that she's flaunting it to. I yeah. wouldn't even give it up. I mean, because look at look at for fucking what's his name, bro? Max. So he for free, for Max, okay. Max was fully under the influence of the pussy, and he ain't even had it yet. He took ten percent. That means Jackie got four hundred and fifty thou. She would have given it up to Max if he would have taken it right then. She would have given it up to get that four hundred thousand because that's just how real. It is that, that type of money. Pro- to be honest, Max could have died in this process too. That's why. That's how you know how powerful she is. Is that her, you know what I mean? That he was willing to do this. Like, all right, let's do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. He looks at him. Anything? Nope. Like, 
Because he probably didn't even know neither. If I was Jackie Brown, I wouldn't have shared with him. Listen, you're about to walk in here. She was she she didn't have to tell him that 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 Ray, that Ray was there. Right. In, well, in the end, I mean, she even said it, you know, when they're back, when she's back at the bail bonds, you know, after everything's done, she's ready to go. She's got Ordell's car. And it's funny. And Max brings it up like the cop he is, you know, he's like, hey, isn't that Ordell's car? And she was like, yeah, he's not going to need it. You know, registration was in the glove box. Hey, yeah, Jesus <laughs> on the seat. And she was like, you never borrowed anyone's car before? He was like, not after they're dead. <laughs> Motherfucking cop, like he can't turn it off the entire time. <laughs> no, just he just and he can't even go with her. No, like he, his he wanted to, he wanted to quit. He already yeah. said he was gonna retire, and he didn't. Like, he was still he, picking up phone calls. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was he said it to her that he was about to about to close that chapter of his life, and she yeah. said, well, why? Because I'm tired. What did he say? He said he wrote 15,000 bonds 15, in his life. And he said it was after he dropped her off that night. Uh, after, you know, picking yeah, her up. He didn't realize. realize. Yeah. It was like, because he had to go. He had to go pick someone up. And he had to go to their house. And he was like, had to stake out at their house. And had a taser and shit. And like, whole but whole crazy ass story. You know, to get someone who is pretty much running, you know, out on bail. Right. He was done with and, it at that point. And what's so funny about it is because he took his little percentage. But I mean, 50,000, I mean, shit. Like, you know, I back know, then, that's late he, 90s. Hear me out, though. He could not, for the life of him, go with her because no. this was his little way of like, okay, you already had me do all this. I'll take my little 50 bands. You know what I mean? Because he's still a cop at heart, is what it is. Exactly. That part that part didn't change throughout the entire movie. Yeah. He kind of kept he he wanted to keep the integral structure of who he is. Right. That's why he only took 10% as a manager. Exactly. Or an agent, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 10% is the agent. And she wanted him to take more. I mean, you know, I, I think that it's one of those, though, like, oh, take more. Nah, nah. Yeah, take more. You know, it's like the three times or whatever. You yeah. Know what you got to do. I, she was just playing the game is what it was. Because as soon as she gets in that car and starts bumping across 110th Street, like. Gone. She's gone. <laughs> Everybody's she's gone. in the past. Max had her chance real quick. Lost it. And like Nobody somebody- else had a chance. You could try to nitpick and be like, well, how is she going to leave with all this money? And it's like, let's just use a studious. So she knows how to hide things. Like, you know, you, she started assuming this thing because she dipped out with half, like a, a little bit under half a M. Oh, you yeah. She ain't, a, she ain't a stewardess anymore. She's quitting that little $16,000. No, but she knew how to, like, go through that process. Carrying oh, yeah. Well, when she, well, no one checked her bag. Like, if you remember in the very beginning of the movie... You know, they're going, I mean, in the opening credits, you know, they're showing everyone's bags going through, you know, the x-rays and all that shit. Yep. And she's just walking right to the side, you know, just like the way that, uh, you know, they did in Blow. You know, they don't check her bags. Nope. She's a stewardess. They don't check her bags. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Airplanes, it seems really risky. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely going to be a movie that we're going to do. Oh, yeah, we're going to go down that rabbit hole for sure. 
Yeah. Well, we've been running this one for almost three hours. So, for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mushrooms give me money. <laughs> Shit. I'm sure it, didn't it feel longer than three hours for you? I don't know. I, I ain't gonna lie. It felt like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Mushroom. It felt like it stopped once the mushrooms hit. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. There you go. Man, well, I'm excited. If you guys didn't watch the Pulp Fiction, you know, breakdown, make sure you go check that out. I'm not sure exactly what movie that we're going to be doing next, but uh, I know we're going to be diving into some Kevin Smith movies. We're going to get into some more gangster flicks. Uh, one thing that I know we're going to be doing is the first time I'm revealing it, but uh, we're going to be getting into a, doing like a bank robbery series, you know, that Ooh. type of shit, like best bank robbery like type movies because there's so many to choose from. So where we talk about a few movies, you know, at once instead of just breaking down one specific movie, we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We're make, I'm making the executive decision. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to pretty, and we're going to think of uh, a bunch of the best bank robbery movies that we can come up with. And we're going to chop those down a little bit as we, uh, yeah, as we go through. You ever seen Bandit? Nope. <laughs> Fucking Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's pretty good. There it's, we go. It's a, it's, they, 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 it's a, it's a fucking romicon, basically, to me. There we go. Yeah, I know some of the movies definitely going to be talking about on the bank robbery series. Um, uh, Set it off. Going to be one of them. What's the one with Johnny? I've, never, you know funny? I've never seen it. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Nah, well, you know what? And, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll change that around. I mean, I know we, we're doing two weeks in between shows. Maybe we won't do that one next if we got to watch a few of these movies. But we'll figure uh, something out. I'm we'll just saying, I ain't never seen that one on purpose. Like, I'm about to, I'll finish. I'm finna. Oh, yeah. man. That, that's a real gangster flick right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're getting up out of here. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. And uh, see you next episode. Yeah.